As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Very happy for you to sit in between us. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a sitting up in that quarter, we had a real chance of putting it in that quarter. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. Absolutely nailed it. Hey, you know how when we were driving to the game on Saturday, there was a lot of talk about strippers and whatnot. Yeah. What, I was just thinking, what does a stripper do if they have a bucks or a hen's night? Do they get strippers or is it like, you know, bringing your work home with you? Well, I mean, if if you marry a stripper, I mean, surely your hen's night's going to be way more out there than what the normal thing would be. Like, I think every weekend would be a hen's night, wouldn't it? Pretty much. I mean, they must get sick of hen's nights and bucks nights and that kind of stuff. So when one actually comes around for a stripper... Do they go the opposite way and they go to the library or something? Oh, they could do high tea. High tea, yeah, exactly. Tea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it might be a bit different version of high tea, but yeah. more high than tea. <laughs> yeah. I, I've just always, I was just wondering because we got, I got an invite to a Bucks party during the week. And there were strippers? There will be, um, most likely. What's his name? Ben. Um, so, and he's probably listening too. G'day, Ben. G'day, Ben the stripper. Um, We'll start off with uh, the final Thursday night game. Just say what you want. Intro. Yeah, you want to know a name. So it's uh, Brenton, Heath and Josh. You'll figure out which one's which. Um, we'll- I'm Josh. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves, cunts. <laughs> you're not talking to Grandma now. Um, <laughs> grandma, if you're listening. Go, uh, yeah. That's a long story, yeah. that one. You explain. <laughs> we will explain it one day. Um, the final Thursday night game of the year. And I've got to admit, it, it's grown on me a little bit, the Thursday night fixture. Yeah, no, not me. It has me because it makes Friday so much more tolerable. Because <laughs> it's like I've got something to talk about and I've got something to look forward to and talk about what's going to happen. Exactly. Um, it, for a scrappy game and a low-scoring game, geez, it was hot. It was a, a really tight contest all night. It was. Um, um, down in Adelaide, wasn't it? It was. Oh, Adelaide, right, Adelaide Oval. Swanee got pulled over by the cops thinking he <laughs> was a bikey. Mistaken for a bikey. Unfortunately for the cops, they're actually just trying to buy some weed. <laughs> they just half so they, they lucked out. You need to go to Strathmore or something like that. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm willing to bet it's not the first time Swanee's been mistaken for a criminal either. No, most time people are trying to uh, buy something, not actually, you know, <laughs> take him somewhere. Uh, but uh, look, Port Adelaide uh, got out in front um, in uh, in a first quarter blitz. Is it very much like the Hawthorne game? Um, they, yeah, it was a bit They uh, blitzed him in the first uh, quarter and got off to an absolute flyer and slowly got pegged back. But it seemed like that the game was always there for the taking for either team, uh, regardless of the 
uh, lead that Collingwood got. It seemed like Port Royal was in it. As soon as one team clicked, they were going to win it. Yeah. Collingwood just had... Uh, they didn't peg them back so slow. They just had that intense couple of minute burst where they yeah. scored three quick goals and then it dragged back out again. Another three quick goals and yeah. you know the game's on the line kind of thing. And that's true. Maybe it's just the perception of Collingwood that they got those stars that you know a quick burst can really change the game where you've got Penelbury and Swan and... Old mate down the forward lines. Yeah. Travis Cloak. Actually, to yeah, me... Yeah, Cloak. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It was, it was Cloak? <laughs> no, Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> to me, it was their second stringers that really stood up. Um, I mean, Dugowie didn't do too bad at all. And Pretty young um, uh, Even though the stats weren't reflected, Frost, I thought he was spectacular in breaking tackles yep. and just breaking the line. Um, a lot of times, you see a guy get tackled and you know it's going to be a ball up. Yeah. And with that, he had... Uh, one or two guys trying to wrap him up and he just busted straight through it, got a nice delivery off. And yeah. that just opens the forward line up so much. You get delivery in forward quick and you can score off it. And he really had a brilliant game for someone that only got seven possessions. With um, all the troubles with injuries and, and other suspensions that Collingwood has had in the back lines, I think Frost has really stood up. It's, been, um, it's helped his development. And he's become a, a real rock down back. He's had a great year for him. He's no small unit either. No. I, I've said it before. He looks like if Brock Lesnar was a vegetarian. Um, also, so he looks like Dennis Seaver. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit taller. Um, I thought uh, the way they played Darcy Moore was uh, interesting as well. Because he was uh, roaming up forward last week um, against the Hawks. He wasn't, uh, didn't get much of the ball, but his instincts were okay. But he still looks young and undersized. Um, for an AFL team, but the reason is is because he's young and undersized. <laughs> yeah. So they played him almost across the half-back line um, and let the ball come to him uh, a little bit more. He had to go chase it a bit. Still showed that um, he's not quite at the AFL pace, yeah. but the instincts are good and he, 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 looks, he looks okay. Look, in that role, I think that's becoming um, evident that it's a key role in any team strategy uh, when you look at mounting an offense. And I think if you look at Hurley, you look at Maston with the Eagles, yep. that, that's yeah. enough backman who can pretty much control, play that quarterback role from centre-half back down to centre-half forward to become in a really key position. Well, yeah, the, the half-back line is an attacking weapon now. You'll yeah. see them crash the pack. They'll always be running by to get the ball. And you know, for so often, they're kicking goals too. And I think that the, the real um, sort of uh, criticism of the game is that you don't see the true centre-half back for centre-half forward role. But I think that that, that role is being condensed into one. Where you play the centre-half back and the centre-half forward. I think it's a lot more mobile now because it used to be you'd kick to centre-half forward. Yeah. Whereas now you're not looking to... You're looking to carry up to centre-half forward to kick to the forward line. You you want to receive from your centre-half forward from the middle, more or less. Uh, Yeah, it is more of a key backman versus key forward, not a full forward, full back, and a centre-half forward, centre-half back. Mm. And they're trying to run through that. They're running out of the half-back line. I I really feel like um, Ty Canelli and um, Nick Malcheski sort of... Uh, popularised that role so that every yeah. team then sort of had to go okay that's what we need that kind yep. of run out of the back line mm. yeah well, even when they play Cyril Rioli back you know, yeah. his ability to run through at the centre bounce is fantastic um, Taylor Adams had the ball on a string for half the night yeah. well, um, he needed a good Good game. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Another one, Dajak Fry. Oh, shit. <laughs> I patella see what you're doing. No, <laughs> mine was far more forced. That was a. Sp- I need some work. <laughs> it was a funny old incident because I, I was saying, I think I was saying it to you. I, I, I watched it on the replay and I'm like, okay, maybe you're off balance. Yeah. <laughs> the first four. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fifth one's just whack. Just damn. Yeah. It's like, 
Yeah, dude. I think he got. Uh, what did he get? Two games. Yeah, because that was the same as you were like um, watching the replay. It's like yeah, like maybe, 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 definite. Definitely. And the thing yeah. is, that definite just erases all the maybes before that. Yeah, it goes. They're all definites too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he got two weeks, and he can't get it lower than two weeks. Well, the good thing is, like as a full of that incident, the UFC has decided to try and change the knees to a down opponent rule. Right, they reckon it's on. They have. They're trying to. The VP of um, athletic uh, rules or whatever it is is actually put forward uh, it's made up you might as well make it whatever you like no I'm serious this actually, actually isn't made up it's true <laughs> they're looking at yeah, me today the after the uh, ultimate fighter finale uh, so yeah there you go Tad Adams Tad Adams got another doing your coming. part for uh, USC, UFC in Melbourne USC 193 in, in Melbourne yep. so as long as they don't <laughs> allow the the north-south knees because I remember I think it was Vov Chachin got yep. um, Igor Common and it was like he was laying carpet yeah, he yeah. he just throw those knees in and he walked out four inches shorter. Well, I can tell you they will definitely be legal. For Vov Chachin. <laughs> no, those knees at the top of the head, they, that's what they push them for. Like the back of the head um, will still be legal, but everywhere else will, will be legal. Anyway. Okay, no. yeah. um, in the, the ruck duels uh, for the night, um, looking at um, Paddy Ryder, he's only just got his way back in. Um, had an exceptionally quiet night last week. He's improved this week and did most of the ruck work when uh, Matthew Lobby had a very quiet one. I'm not sure how he... Um, is he carrying an injury or, or something like that? Was he subbed off? He wasn't subbed off, was he? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think he was. Well, he only had three possessions. But... Um... Uh, who was the sub? Uh, Archie. Archie. Okay. Um... Anyway, if we go here, scroll down the bottom. There we are. Substitute, actually, yeah, three quarter Look. time. So I mean, yeah, he was subbed out with an injury, but three quarters, you got three handballs. That's a yeah. that's a quiet old night. You got three handballs at half time. You think you're probably not coming out after yeah. second half. And Wits and Grundy aren't exactly uh, you know league leading when it comes to uh, ruckman. Yeah, I mean, handy. It was, it was pretty greasy conditions, but even so, you, you need to get. More than nine hit-outs in a half. I was going to say, I was going to make a joke and say, yeah, even Boomer had more possessions at three-quarter time when he was a sub. <laughs> but he actually did. Yeah, he did, yeah. He came he off came the concussion rule. And then went back off for, for a three-quarter time. Yeah, it happened a couple of times in this round. I think it happened yeah. in this game too. Um, yeah, so otherwise, uh, look, uh, it was a very emotional game for Port Adelaide as well. They finally um, uh, got to pay their respects for Phil Walsh because they played before the incident last week so yeah. and they had uh, time to think about it and plan it too which, and, uh, and made they, for a great spectacle and they put a lot of plan into it um kudos to kudos that yeah, was a good job look did it well um my only concern is like they've played the showdown this week so they're talking about yeah um port and adelaide are going to have a combined banner for oh, okay and they're going to do a, a lot obviously because he had a lot to do with both those clubs yep. now i'm going to be an arsehole I hope that that's the last thing they do for Phil yep. Walsh and start to move on. Well, yep. look, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they renamed it the Phil Walsh Cup. Or, well, or the, the name the, the showdown medal after him. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's fine. Is the actual trophy named after anyone yet? The showdown trophy? I don't believe so. No. Um, and this is a good chance because he had a lot to do with both clubs, yeah. obviously. And that's great. And it's something that is, is certainly worthwhile and yeah. both teams will approve of it. You're not going to see a lot of fire in, in that match, I don't think, because of it. But we don't want to... It's hard to say, but you've got to move on, not just from a football perspective, yeah. but from a personal perspective as well. You can't sit... I know it's only been a week, 
but mm. um, we can't just keep dragging it on. I know what you mean. It, it sort of it honours him more by moving on, and being a football personality, obviously he'd want he'd, being a human. You want to know that the blokes are thinking of you and caring yeah. about you. You know, whatever happens. And you do, but he, he'd also expect them to you know live their life and. Part of their life is playing footy, hard, and hopefully coming over the chocolates. And look, it's it's nothing easy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you, it's not like you go, okay, we're done. We forget. Yep. We're you know your armbands, whatever stuff. But um, you, you've got to tone it down. And, and part of the the grieving process is to um, you know deal with it and moving on to the next stage. And it's not forget it. Okay, we, our yeah. time's up. Um, yeah. But it it is a very harsh thing to say, and some people aren't going to like it. But no, I think you've got to honour him in your own way. And each player will have their own way of honouring him. Yep. Um, it might mean, you know, they wear armbands all season or the rest of their career. Who knows? Get a tattoo. Uh, they might go out to his favourite restaurant. They might meet up with a the family. They could do any of a million things. But it's down to the individual. The the team itself as a whole, I don't think, needs to do much more beyond this week, except maybe end of the year. Uh, you know, oh, obviously, yeah. you know, certain ceremonies, but. As a, a club, I think they can sort of move on and leave the the grieving down to the individuals. And if they need support, get behind them, absolutely. If if a player comes up to them on Thursday and says, look, I'm not handling this well, I need another couple of weeks off, by all means. Absolutely. You're a human first, deal with that shit. But the club itself has done what as much as the club can do. Uh, whatever they do from now won't lessen anyone's grief. It won't uh, make it easier for anyone that's a lot down to individuals. I guess what I, I think I'm, what I'm trying to say is that it, the, the way the whole AFL community has has honoured it and given respects over the last couple of weeks has been good. We don't need to try and outdo ourselves in, yeah. The, yeah. in the grieving process Make a spectacle of it, it. from week to week. See, I think in for this game, I think it pays for them both to be nice, for lack of a better word, yeah. and be like that whole togetherness. But going forward, and like I said being a bit of an asshole, I'd like to see this be a point of even more Closure. sort of aggression in the next game. Yep. Like if, if okay. the Showdown Cup gets named the Phil Walsh Cup, I'd like to see, the, let's say he has, well, I'm not saying that he should, but let's say he has a statue or something outside Adelaide Oval or something like or that. whatever it is, yeah. Whereas the privilege of winning that showdown is to have your photo of your team in front of that statue with the Phil Walsh Cup or something yeah, like that. Or something like that. So make, make it something where it's going it's to put idea. a bit of extra oomph into that that showdown. And that, uh, to me, as a, a fan of sports, that shows respect to someone. Yep. Yeah. Um, you're not trying to uh, sensationalise what happened. Yeah. You're trying to honour uh, his contribution. Exactly. In a contest. Because it's always going to be a contest between yeah, those two. I, I honestly think this sort of um, thing would have happened eventually anyway, just because there's so few personalities yeah. that are on both Adelaide clubs. Uh, generally, you're either Port or Adelaide, and yep. neither of the two shall meet. Yeah. But uh, he managed to successfully cross that cultural divide. Yeah. And was respected by both sides. I think they should, uh, like you say, um, have the statue and, and put it up at the Ramsgate Hotel. Yep. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to Friday night. and that, that uh, Red and blue corner. <laughs> well, I had to get a, I had to make it light somehow. Um, Friday night, it was great to see Carlton fucking up Friday nights again. Um, this is gets my vote for most boring match of the year in Collingwood. Uh, sorry, Carlton and Richmond. Oh, no, there's been worse. Hey, look, oh, I've done a, bit of, done a bit of research here. Oh, good. A bit of research. Um Turns out, we've got a milestone this game. Who, Carlton's? Uh, yep, Tom Field played his first game. First game, according to AFL.com.au, that that actually qualifies as a milestone. Tom Fields. Yep. So, Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, great. Carlton, did it yourself. Did it yourself. 
this is a shit house game. It, everything was shit about it. The umpire, there was fifty five free kicks paid or something like that. Yeah, half of them yeah. were there. Umpires ruined this game. Oh, you <laughs> ruined it. The umpires saw the players playing shit and thought, "We'll have some of this." <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, the umpires got more possessions than half the bloody yeah. people out there. Well, that, 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 yeah, I mean. I had more to say, yeah. Vickery got two weeks, and I reckon he'll appreciate that because if you have to turn up and watch that from the forward lines yeah. every week, God, it'd drive you spare. And the thing is, Carlton had some decent ins this game as well. They had Gibbs coming in, had Menzel, Carazzo. Yeah, think big that ins. They'd be ones that would push you over the line in a game like this. But uh, Gibbs, poor, poor Gibbs, he's uh, finished for the year now. Um, Tawny's mm. yeah, right. in uh, the second or third, I can't remember. Yeah. Casbolt uh, kicked a beauty from what was it, fifty-five off a couple yeah. of steps from about two hundred, I think. Jeez, hasn't he picked up his kicking? Bloody oath! <laughs> oh, he's fine if he's kicking from about seventy out. <laughs> Dead in front. It's when he's thirty out that you got to fucking worry. I Mind you, there's, being... there's been some ordinary fucking goal kicking in the last few weeks. There has been. Yeah, but I think Rance really dominated down back, and a lot of times he'll do enough to form a contest, and then they'll Richmond win with numbers. But mm. I think Rance really stood up in one-on-ones and. Played way better than I thought he was capable of, to be honest. Look, he has just had a sensational month. Um, he's ever got, since he signed his contract, sign, yeah. uh, he's just pulled it out and he's in All-Australian form. And Maybe th- it was a load on his mind. and Maybe. Yeah. But his big thing to me is that you never see him on the ground. Like, you never see him fall over. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he'll, he'll contest the mark, uh, punch it, and he'll cram his own kick. He won't fall on his ass like you see so many frustrating backmen do. Uh, he'll always be on his feet and collect the ball. And he is a really nice uh, below-the-knee yeah. pickup. But this is this one game was where I saw him show um, a valid independent thought, if that makes sense. Holy I was, fuck. I was thinking the same thing. He was uh, He's not making those silly mistakes. Yeah. And it, wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't the things that he did. It was the things that he didn't do, like the yeah. handballs that he didn't give and waited yeah. for the, the best option, which was the second one. Yeah, do you, reckon, like that. do you reckon someone at Richmond's hypnotised them all or something? Because uh, Vickery's been doing the same. He's been doing some smart decisions. Dude, when you got God on your side, you're <laughs> fucking unbeatable. <laughs> Didn't you watch UFC? <laughs> but yeah. Basher Hooley is the same. He, he normally runs and does stupid shit, but he's made some good decisions recently. He's doing a lot better. Uh, we pointed it out before. He'll run until he can't run anymore. Yep. Not until the right option's there to yeah. give it away. Yep. He's improved on that point. He has, yeah. I think it's because um, Martin's there going, give it to me, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> How funny was that? It happened again in this game. It's happened before where somebody's got the ball and they've gone, Martin, yep. shepherd. Yep. Martin's gone, listen, cunt. Yep. You do the Mate. shepherding. Yeah. I do the kicking. Yeah. Give me the fucking ball. <laughs> see, see those people in the crowd with four on their back? It's for a fucking reason. <laughs> it's not for fucking Royce Hart, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Dustin fucking Martin is for, mate. Exactly. It's a long conversation to have when you're running down the wing. <laughs> it is, but, but I he mean... managed to do it. He's had plenty of time playing Carlton, you know, <laughs> time alone. I saw a few of the blokes in the um, in the outer have copied Dustin's haircut too. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it's just, yeah, it's just from trying to get your sideburns even. It does seem like when he gets his hair cut, it's like, oh, I'll sit here. He's got ADD. He's like, no, no, I've had enough. I've done. Bang. Well, off he goes. I, I swear, like, the, his hair's actually scared of him. And it just hides in, like, <laughs> top, all hides in the back. Top, back of his head where it can't be seen. And it's like, we're safe here, guys. We're safe. <laughs> so it's scared of him, but not as scared of him yeah. as, like, Chuck Liddell's hair. Like, you remember that yeah. episode of South Park where, like, the, the fleas or the ticks or whatever they've got. I've like, seen that one. Doing now. it for my baby. <laughs> No, yeah. well, I'm sure our fans love South Park and the same shit that the humor that we got. Speaking of the crowd, um, anybody searching through the crowd would be very happy that Sean Hampson's back in the side and, uh, <laughs> yep. and, and playing well. I mean, he hasn't had many opportunities. He played really well. A bit of a niggle. It looked like he might have um, not 
aggravated uh, ankle or injury. He'll be back since yeah. Vickery's going to be on the sidelines. So even when... Is Merrick back this week or the next week? This week he's eligible to play. I think got one week. Yeah, he? Got one, I can't yeah. remember if he got one I think he got one week, yeah. Either way, it looks like Hampson will get a, a another run. And he earned it. I, I think he definitely earned it. And I think this um, it shows that we don't have to rely so much on marriage being strictly in our middle where yep. um, or, or the opposite where we can just have him in the middle and around the ground you can have someone else that can pick up those sort of things and have him drop back for marking contests and yeah. all that. Because you look at Hampson, he's an absolute monster. He should be playing better than he, than he is. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's touched Carlton and that's a bit of a curse so he's got to shake that off. <laughs> well, he's held together by a fucking elastotape. So, yeah. Whatever it is, so. Well, yeah, it was one of those nasty ones actually. Um, besides Gibbs' injury, he also had arm fields. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Break his arm, did he? Or yeah, broke his uh, ulna. Yeah, poor bastard. I mean, Carlton's. You know what? The shame about Carlton is uh, the, the easy part of their draws finished now. Yeah, they've they actually got their hard parts coming up. Yep. But they might sneak in a couple of wins, um, and they're still going to finish. They won't finish wooden spoon, I don't think. Yeah. Luckily, it's going to get easier for them in the off season. In the off season, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, on to uh, Saturday afternoon in the MCG, uh, Melbourne is a bit of the bogey side for Essendon in the last couple of years. And Essendon coming off a five-game losing streak, I think, um, and a 110-point loss the previous week. Yeah. In another... It was a shit weekend for football, really. Yeah. And this is one of the... It wasn't the worst game, but it certainly was among them. Yeah. Um, Um, I think, like, you can't kick 7-18 and expect to win a game. I think that's what it comes down to. Tom McDonald was one of the worst offenders. I think he kicked three or four points in a row in the final quarter. Well, they they call it the third quarter the premiership quarter. And, I mean, when you look at the difference, it was Essendon kicked 6-3 to 1-4 for Melbourne. Yeah. And Melbourne always picked it back in the last, but their inaccuracy just cost them. Well, they kicked... I had a, a... 12-point play, and I think six of them were behinds in the yeah. last quarter. And yeah. Tom McDonald was responsible for most of them. Yep. Um, it was, I don't know why he was playing that far up the ground, even. Yeah. Um, he's been, he's won't be an All-Australian fullback, but he'll be in the discussion. Um, I think maybe a lot of Melbourne players saw this as a chance for them to shine and show they can win games and play key positions and that, and it was just too little, many little Chiefs. bit of their own tickets. Yeah, yeah. too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. Well, they're trying to get traded. Uh, which, if you're going to try and get traded, probably but, playing against Essendon, not a bad option because they got the cash. Um, <laughs> no, no, they, they don't. Essendon yeah. don't have the cash anymore. They, well, they, they, they might have lawyers have the cash. Yeah, they say. might have the cash next year when half their team's out. Plus, Essendon has built their new thing out at yeah. uh, Airport West or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. Moorabbin. Uh, Moorabbin, yeah, down there. No, at Airport oh, yeah, it was down at Dingley Village. No, that's Hawthorne. Dingley's yeah. out at fucking... Southeast. Southeast, yeah. Essendon, yeah, the other way. Um, Bernie Vince has gone I reckon he's probably leading the Melbourne Best and Ferris this year he killed it was a 35 and 25 kicks or something like that absolutely it was something spot on ridiculous um, just needed to finish off a few goals and he'd be um, you know pulling in Brownlow folks yeah uh, he was playing tagger at the start of the year and now he's the ball magnet um, which is great that he's taking some of the load off Nathan Jones who's been running a bit of a solo show well, yeah, the, the, last couple the of thing years. is, I think when he was playing tagger roles, he was actually beating the other person or the person who was tagging in possessions and disposals. So, or trying to. You've very, at um, it. If you're playing man-on-man against the best people in the competition and you're getting more kicks than them, then I think that really um, sort of puts your stocks up a bit. Well, yeah. The other bloke who stepped up, though, was Max Gorn. I mean, you, yeah. for a young lad, 58 hit-outs. Not a bad effort. Not a bad Not day a bad out at all. all. I mean, Essendon has been struggling in the ruck department for well, most of the year. 
they got Sean McKernan, who's undersized for a key forward, let alone for a ruckman. Yeah. Um, but they've really, uh, they've picked him to try and uh, run through um, and, and beat other players around the ground. But, yeah. but I think McKernan, the, this was one where um, he showed a bit of promise. Like, I, I put him on the chopping block probably three weeks ago, and he's done, <laughs> like, increasingly well um, well, since then and this, maybe this was a game where they put him against someone he, that... he's been handy yeah. um, to me he's one of those utility players that you can use in several positions but and he's shown adaptability which is more than he's shown in the last six years of his I career think we said at the halfway mark that his career is in jeopardy because he's in the VFL still on the rookie list yeah. he obviously uh, listened to us almost yeah. immediately he's been upgraded he, yeah. he was decent against Hawthorne and he was decent um, against Saints and now he's had three decent games in a row and did they? Did Stanton used to do a bit of rock work? Stanton, yeah, was no. he always been forward? No, he's um, he was their whipping boy for Essendon for a little while. Yeah, I do remember that, but I remember him being big and bulky. I wasn't sure if he actually did much rock work. No, no not, not no, Stanton. Yeah. You're probably thinking of someone else. Yeah, it must have been. Um, I mean, even though McKernan got a bit of a touch up by Gorn, he did himself no harm. No, he did what he was supposed to do. He, he made a contest out of it. The other thing I think um, Watts actually showed. Um, more promise in this game with having not as much effect if that makes sense yeah like uh, it looked like he took on tackles a lot better than what he usually would and didn't shy away from maybe the 1% stuff like the hard stuff even more so watching this game um, you know how when you watch Pendlebury he always looks like he has time yeah uh, and he he waltzes through and doesn't look rushed Watts is the exact same yeah. Except he should be rushed. See, <laughs> see, to me, what's looked he looked determined as opposed to pressured yep. this game, where it's he, he would turn. take on a, a position, let's say tackles or whatever, uh, ride the bumps to get a ball going forward to a free playing for, player running or something like that. Um, I think for Watts, he had a win in this game. Yeah, uh, I heard a lot of the um, comments comments around the game was uh, lauding um, Hurley in the back lines. Um, for yeah. me. Bagley was better though. I yeah. thought he had one of his best games um, floating across halfback. Uh, from what I saw of it, he, he was um, the second best player for um, for Essendon. But the, I mean, their best player was the difference of the night was uh, Danaher. Danaher. Well, yeah. you kick five straight, and the first he's... four were from tough pack marks. Yeah, and geez, once he actually decides he wants to eat real food, yeah. He, he could be something ridiculous. Metabolism on that boy. Oh, shit, it's a moustache. It was. <laughs> he needs to fucking get rid of that shit. He's like Samson, except moustache hair. Yeah. Um, those, those marks were hard, tough pack marks. And then the fifth was from 52 or 53 yeah. metres out when you know they're up by two points with three minutes left. So that's a clutch effort. Um, it, it's what they would have hoped that uh, he, he could do. And especially when you've had eight kicks and five of those are goals. That's not a bad effort. a good night for someone who's been a bit under the pump. Absolutely. Well, and the, that's what you want from a key forward. Exactly. Yeah. The whole team's been under the pump, especially when uh, you know your captain says, I'm a bit worn down. Um, I think he's finished for the year now too. Yeah. He is, yeah. He's done for the year. Um, he's been struggling for a few weeks, Joe. Yeah. Um, whether that's through the pressure or carrying... Who can really say? But his role has been leadership. That's it. Yeah, that's it. hasn't been a good week for Watsons. <laughs> Both of them finished for the year. I fucking hope. I fucking hope so. <laughs> I thought uh, um, Hebel though. I thought he has actually taken a bit of a step forward. He bowled well, but um... <laughs> uh, yeah, he's okay. Um, there's a few times I reckon he was caught out on the outside of the the contested ball. It's but he's probably been instructed to do that. Yeah, I 
I don't think he's ever going to be the in and under player just because he's not hard enough. He's not bulky enough. He just doesn't have that right body type for it's, it. But sometimes when there's like a two-on-one, you need to get in there, even yeah. if it is just to hold it up. The thing is, especially if with Essendon, he should be playing the same role that James Hurd played when he was playing. Uh, he's like that same sort of um, Yeah, but in ability. fairness, Hurd was probably the... He'd be the better talent than... Oh, uh, well, by a mile. Definitely. Well, just about anyone. But if there's anyone that could tell you how to play that role, it would be James Hurd. One would hope. Yeah, probably. Unless uh, he's still hoping to get a call oh, up. The other thing, Zaharakis was a bit quiet this game. He's well, he just come back in too. Yeah. I like Zaharakis. Me too. Zaharakis is a player. He's my favourite Eston player. Yeah. Um, I hope he uh, finds a little bit of form and hangs around. Because, look, they need to show something for the rest of the year. Yeah. Geez, they've got a loyal fan base. It was um, almost started to fall off just then. And I fear if they lost this game, they would have been absolutely gone. Yeah, uh, the fan base it is not the team. The team's already fucked. Don't worry about that. Yeah, um, and they're they're uh, run to the finals as shit too. So yeah, sitting fourteenth, <laughs> they're going to struggle. Their run to the finals are fucking great. They'll have a mad Monday before anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, on to one of the f- weirdest games of the year: the, um, Gold Coast and the Bulldogs up at Cairns, which is great yeah. when, when you're playing a game in Queensland and Gold Coast are the away team. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Richmond found that one out the yeah, hard way, didn't they? There's a reason Richmond don't play out there anymore. Kept getting flogged. Jeez, mm. um, that ground's seen some funny results, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it has. um, uh, That's where Carmichael Hunt kicked the goal after the siren. That's right. Um, which got them over the line, which is something that Carmichael Hunt was very good at, getting was, over the lines. Yeah, it was. Well, <sighs> he couldn't get past in. the line. Yeah, was, was, he went through it. He went through a few lines, yeah. He went through a few. Um, look, in the first, I think Gold Coast kicked two goals in the first 30 seconds or something like that. Ablett got the first clearance, runs down, cleans up the mess, kicks the goal, and then gets the next one as well. Yep. It looked like this is going to be um, what we expected Gold Coast to be at the start of the season. Yeah, and um, it was for three and a half quarters, or no, three quarters. Well, three and a half minutes for the start. Yeah. But yeah, look, Bulldogs were deplorable. Um, they were terrible. I, it was listless. It was it made for very hard watching. Um, there was just some puzzling decisions made by them. Um and then in the last quarter, it's some of the best running football I've ever seen. Yeah, I, it, was, it flabbergasts me well, so much. Cause what happened? That last uh, probably 15 minutes, spectacular football to watch. Uh, if you're a Bulldogs fan, that is your highlight reel right there. For, for the year. Yeah, but everyone loves watching that free-flowing, aggressive style of football where players just all streaming forward, helping each other out, doing the one percent, yeah. shepherding, making options. There were the one-look handballs that's hit a bloke who's running yeah. full tilt without missing a stride and then they snap around the corner. and You see them collecting and kicking to targets and hitting them. And you're thinking, how the fuck is this only happening now? It, it can't be all that Gold Coast got tired. It was, it no. was sublime. And I don't know how it can happen in one quarter. I think and Gold Coast, Gold Coast just mistimed their peak. Sort of was. It was. It went too early or too late. It's just so puzzling. But the thing is, Ablett, like I, I, like I said last time, maybe he's God, but he <laughs> seriously is having a huge effect on this game. And it's, it, looking at the stats, it's hard to really deny it. I think he had thirty disposals, twenty-four kicks, twenty. I think he led his team in tackles too. Well, I think the twenty-four kicks is the telling part because yeah. it's so easy to yeah. rack up possessions for getting handball, handball yep. back, handball, handball back. Yeah. But to get 26... And his effective rating was, you know, massive yeah. as well, which for a midfielder is exceptional. Like, I think everyone's kind of forgotten how fucking good he is. Yeah. No, I think Gary knows that everyone's forgotten. 
And yeah. he's, he's taking uh, taking that as an insult. The most telling to me was that he, he led his team in tackles. Yeah. Which means usually he's been on a, a bit of the outer, especially obviously being bred through Geelong where he didn't need to play that role. But he said, look, this, my team's down. I'm under pressure as a leader. Not only am I going to do the most with the ball, I'm going to go there and fucking get it back. You know that uh, four weeks ago, Ablett was 200 to 1 for the Brownlow? Yeah. Some he? people put cash on him. Oh, I tell well, you what, look, five. I, <laughs> I think he's down to sevens now. When they uh, when they saw five, you know, go for a spoil on Sunday, I bet yep. you there was a few nervous uh, people there. Um, it's also got to be say for Gold Coast that Tom Nichols has done everything he can uh, with the opportunity. Um, yeah. Zach Smith is playing in the twos. He's been right to play for a good four or five weeks now. Yeah, and he can't get in. Um, because of Tom Nichols, has just kept him out. And Zach Smith's a number one or a number two draft pick? I think he is. He's a, yeah, definitely. No, I'm pretty sure he might have been number one. And and the thing is, there's not many positions that are hard to fight for in the Gold Coast team at the moment. He's just think. in the unlucky situation that the guy that he is competing for a position with isn't fucking up and is actually sort he's of leading the way. He's doing his job week in, yeah. week out. He's not starring. He's just he's giving um, Gold Coast no reason to drop him. Yeah. And one thing that I think is smart with Gary Ablett is that done a bit of research and it seems like whenever you shave your head and grow a beard your longevity in AFL just sort of goes up a few beers like your step injuries <laughs> you, know, you got Malcheski I mean half yeah. a Sydney team is bald with a beard I say, how long have they been around for Mal- they're Mal- at least 40, 80 or something Chapman's like. still flying around too yeah well, he's been injured for a while now oh Chappie you might be might be spoiling that one a little bit just ignore Chappie's wrestling <laughs> just ignore that one he wasn't there during the, the uh, supplements he's an outlier um, and I, I think also uh, Malcheski, um, he's already retired. Um, just uh, unfortunately, somebody keeps paying him to play football. They don't realise. I think he's actually come back as Ablett. One and the same. Um, Kolajnish. Kola Jazzni. Kola Jazzni. He's got the best of him and his brothers' drafts, hasn't he? Uh, he his brother's um, the younger one. Um, so I think he's still coming through. He looks okay. He's down in Geelong, been, yeah? I've been, yeah. Yeah, I've been impressed, impressed with uh, Kate this year. Yeah, I think he's done really impressed. well. I think he's one of the few that have stood up in, in amongst the adversity that they've faced. Um, Saad's the other one who, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, actually. was in, uh, injured at the minute. I yeah. Think. Uh, actually, he's probably more important than... I forgot about him. So, yeah. He's, uh, I think he's probably had more impact than Kolajny. Uh, Kolajny. Collar. Yeah. Ranger shirt. Cade. 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 Yeah. Cade. Cade champion. Oh, well, yeah. The other injury they had was obviously to Dixon. Dixon. Which, yeah. that's, uh, you know, coming off him just pantsing North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to see him have a really good few weeks. <laughs> Make sure it wasn't just you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I think Robbie Tarrant did too. Um, or at least uh, Thompson anyway. Uh, that might be what gets Zach Smith back in the side. Yeah. The other um, thing... Uh, he's going to miss a week at least. The other thing I wanted to mention was Mitch Wallace and a lot of pressure off with off-field issues. Came back and I thought he had a lot of key possessions that did a lot of good... Um, he wasn't a standout, but I thought he did enough. What do you do off-field? Hasn't he been the one that's been mixed up in drugs? No, that's Liberatore. Liberatore. Sorry, I knew it was a former AFL son. Yeah, uh, a father son. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good to see the Bont kick a couple of nice goals too. He's back yeah. in form. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's in decent form. He's still not at that level I think he was last year. But he, uh, he had a good first four or five weeks. He looked like a world beater, and then he dropped off. And it looks like hopefully getting back to that a bit. A bit. The other thing like that I uh, wanted to mention was that if you look at the top five um, possession winners for the Western Bulldogs. They're the top five people that the Western Bulldogs need in order to build a team around when they're yes. going to go forward. So I think that shows shows a lot for their skeleton of their yeah. team going forward. Yeah, their ability to have class youngsters, not university as well. Yeah, class um, up and comers. Yeah, 
is in fact like you got Pick and McRae, Boyd, Bond, Wallace. Yep. They're guys you do build a team around. Yeah. Just quietly, I was listening to some of this game on the radio and it, somebody who wasn't Brian Taylor called uh, Jake yeah. Stringer the package. I think it was... Um, fucking happy. I think it was Push-Up King. Do you reckon it was Jakey? Yeah. Could, could have been. I'm not sure if it was. Yeah, he, that's a, a big negative tick in my book. No, it could <laughs> oh, Yeah, it could have been. Anyway, I can't remember. Um, uh, the last thing I want to say about this one was it was good to see Jake Redpath. Uh, Jack, sorry, not Jake. Mm. Uh, kick a couple of goals. I saw him in the VFL Grand Final last year and he, he looked like he could um, really give um, the top flight uh, a shake if he got it all together. Um, he still needs to put a few performances back to back, but um, wasn't a bad effort from the big fella. And I hope he um, uh, plays well and stays on the list. Yeah. On to the Cats and the Kangaroos, which is good because we had ringside seats for this one. Yeah. Row A. Yeah, it, uh, it seemed like ringside too, because uh, when they had the vest on Boomer, he looked like he was ready to belt the shit out of everyone. It's a very puzzling decision. I know they said it was a half uh, punishment for not doing his role in the team, but, jeez, uh, tough call. Well, I, I had a bit of a think about it, and I I think um, Brad Scott might have thought, North's faded off a few times. Uh, when they've had the lead, they've relinquished it. And when they've been chasing, they just haven't been chasing hard enough. So having a, a bloke with the uh, ability to perform under pressure coming on at, you know, after half time or if there's an injury, I think it's a brilliant idea. Either that or Brad Scott just got the shits with something Boomer did while he was on holiday and uh, decided to punish him. I don't know. Well, to be fair, watching North Melbourne, it doesn't look like Boomer has a strategy for a game at all except for get the ball give it a kick it to the forward line that's it kick it to the forward line handball to somebody so I can get back off his role in the zone is telling everyone else where they should be a little bit I tell you what it's one thing to say though a bloke near 400 games is still as hungry for the ball as anyone I've ever seen oh my word Kevin Bartlett I was going to say you don't get more generous as you get older (laughs) especially not if you learn anything when you're a youngster is that the older people they get the right away can you imagine what happens if the 400 club have kick to kick? Oh, there's not going to be much. It's going to be going Tucky on. and Fletcher just going, boys, lads, Man, give it here, give it here, give it here. Can I have a go? And Fletcher just spoiling every motherfucker <laughs> trying to mark it. Jeez, it. It is a funny like that, the 400 club, which will have four members in a couple of weeks. Um, Fletcher and Tuck, very similar players. Uh, Bartlett and Harvey, very similar players. Yep. In demeanour, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably say Harvey's the most hated out of four of them, but yeah. I Ooh. think if he wanted to punish. Um, Boomer I wish he Dropped him For a week He said mate Have a rest Should have put him In the back yes. pocket That would have punished him I don't know him. why Because then he plays His 400th in Melbourne Yes Rather than up in Brisbane With no fucking We so it. happen Would have reserve well, Guaranteed seats For guaranteed that game Guaranteed seats For that yeah. game mm. It'll be uh, I get to watch Both 400 games In the one year Yeah, yeah I'm not coming to Brisbane For that shit though Fuck no No, no. Um, I don't think Boomer Will be either <laughs> I hope not Oh suck Look, um, you want but, to get as many games in with... Well, I do. I want to get as many games in as possible because that means he can chase down the all-time record. But I'm still not going up to Brisbane. Well, the thing is, if North Melbourne would, were living up to their expectations this season, you'd say he's a shoe in for it. But now that they're not, you have to say, Brad Scott, he's sort of making the moves that don't be surprised if... Well, we... he's got he's probably got another three weeks to... Three or four weeks to prove himself. And the option... Well... I think the option will be on the table. It's I'd say he's a- got six months to prove himself. I think they'll give him the off-season. I think they'll give him the off-season. He, he's very good with the board. 
at North I, Melbourne. I think they'll maybe offer him a role as opposed to a key position. Yeah. And see what he wants to do with it. Well, if they drop out the uh, sub, which is what they're talking about doing, yeah. uh, having the extra yeah. person on the bench, it, it will extend his career, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I think it might be up to him whether he wants to take a role. I think his, his position is key may not be as valuable as North Melbourne, as it once once was North Melbourne. And I think that's evidence with Brad Scott saying that if you're not going to do what I say, then you have to listen to my, or take heed of my actions. Yeah. Well, the other thing is Brad Scott may not be there next year either. That's what I was thinking. This is true. Um, there's a good chance that uh, if North fall away for the second half of the year, they've got to look at Brad Scott. But I reckon uh, Boomer straight into coach. <laughs> How, could that, coach. Go How had, could that go wrong? How could that go wrong? Haven't had playing <laughs> coaches in a while. <laughs> Haven't had playing coaches in the while. Could be the first one. And I'll tell you what, just quietly, I reckon uh, Boomer would be spending a lot of time one out at uh, Ford Pocket. Hey, look, sitting where we were and seeing Boomer on the bench, I think he's already slipped into that role. He's doing. He was doing a lot of talking. Yeah, he was he, doing he, a fair bit of talking. I'll talk. tell you what, if, you, if you're given that role, at least you've you got to fucking make it yours, don't you? Speaking of talking, who was it? Michael Frito. Frito. Here we go. <laughs> where you go? All right, going along the boundary line. Um, <laughs> ball get, uh, John got the ball. He's chasing someone down, and they've kicked it to... Uh, I think it might have been... Um, might have been Kelly ca- or something like that. Caddy or... or uh, it could have been Caddy. I'm not sure. But he yeah. kicked it 15.01 metres. Yeah, and he's turned around, and then... Because Frito's on his blind side, Frito's telling you out, play on, play on, play on. So he has. And, and he did. Um, <laughs> veteran he, move. Yeah. He, got, he got the play ons in there before the umpire got the yeah. whistle out. And uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and the it. thing is, these are the things you pick up when you go to the game. The things that you miss out on by watching on TV. I, oh, I should watch the replay. I doubt the, the mics would have picked that up. Well, if they do, uh, it probably sounds like an umpire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Which yeah. is uh, exactly what, what Spud was going for. It's meant to sound yep. like, yeah. Um, does that count as a one percenter? That's a three percenter at least. I think. <laughs> three percenters. Start them now. Um, Who does the stats for AFL? Uh, Champion data. Champion data. Get on it. Um, we'll put a report in that uh, he, he got his one uh, percenters yep. there. Um, Jimmy Bartel had forty-one touches. Is that the most unassuming forty-one touch? Forty-one. Are you serious? It was. I was Holy amazed. Shit. Because I had no clue at the game no. um, that he had forty-one touches. I thought he was handy. Damn. But. And I thought, yeah, I remember watching. I go, yeah, yeah, he's done all right for his first game back. And I checked the stats on the way home. Forty-one, holy but shit! But contrasting 30 that, handballs. contrasting that to Ablett's game, uh, Who forty-one touches 30 with touches. thirty handballs. Uh, Ablett had less touches, more kicks, yep. and was far more effective. Yep. I don't know if he was. I think in in terms of yards gained or meters gained, Bartel would have been far below a lot of other players. I think a there. lot of those handballs were in the middle of packs. And, and, and where was Bartel playing? Was he still playing a floating like centre half back? I think he was more through forward? the centre than he than he has been. Because the thing is that that could just be a reflection of forward pressure or that um, zone pressure that North yeah. Melbourne put on. Um, that's just a, a, a guess or a speculation, yep. but it's one possibility. Uh, look, I thought North did a good job on Selwood as well. Um, he didn't have his usual impact. Yeah. Um, yep. He uh, getting a bit feisty every now and then too. Well, they the yeah. was a big talk about the... The chicken wing? Chick, it's it's not a chicken wing tackle. What he's done is sort of a... It's like a hammerlock. He's definitely... rent. Yeah, yes. He's got into a position where he's got the arm pinned behind his back. And then he's pulled on it. Yeah, and look, I think they've offered him two down to one. Um, got to take it. I, I actually, on its own merits, it's not that bad. But if you allow it, it can lead to ruptured shoulders, uh, broken humor, so much terrible shit. See, that's why I'm all for um, 
post-season MMA card to sort out discrepancies that happened <laughs> during the season. Yeah. If anyone's had like a big rivalry, just jump in, put on yeah. the gloves, fingerless gloves. All of a sudden, Barry Hall's signed to a rookie contract. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be interesting to see what happens when you can take him down. <laughs> well, I said the other week, I saw, was it uh, Kieran Jack or Dan Henry? Yeah. Somebody had a really good guard. And the thing is, I saw it from a Geelong player. No, was it Geelong player? No, it wasn't because they played on Bilbo. Someone was on TV. I think um, it- they got taken down. And they threw a leg over the back like they yes. were looking to um, go over, over Plata or Triangle. Shields for Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, actually, maybe it was Hawthorne game. Yeah, like they were looking to, you know, just thinking that transition of Triangle well, we, armbar. We know they had a seatbelt grip too, from memory, which a lot of them I guess do, technically should be above the shoulder. But anyway, they do a lot of wrestling training. Um, mm. There are wrestlers in judoka. That go down to all the clubs. So yes. it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Malcolm Bangs spending time down there. <laughs> Going back to the um, Selwood thing. You saw uh, Jamie McMillan cr- saw what was going on and crashed in. Unfortunately, he crashed in on the same side as Selwood, which <laughs> yeah. meant that Made his arm was. would have been wrenched yeah. further back. Um, it's good to see... McMillan's had a, a good couple of weeks since coming back into the side. Yep. And it's good to see him flying the flag for his teammates, yep. even if he was kind of a Just be a little bit, bit more careful. Yeah. And it was um, good to see Brad Scott following the snitches get stitches code. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. That is something I wanted to talk about. Brad Scott would be dirty at anybody oh, who'd done anything to one of his players like this at yeah. any other club. He gets dirty when they don't fucking close the roof. He came out and said, no, there's nothing, nothing in it, which yeah. it is something that he's done. It makes me suspicious as fuck. <laughs> because he's only ever had that kind of, um, shall we say, calm response against Geelong. Well, yeah. yeah. He doesn't want to do his brother coaches. Yeah, he yes. doesn't want to get his brother in trouble, but... Hey. Uh, that again, it was reciprocated too. Um, I think you it was... Pe- Pichu with a smack in the guts? Not just that one, but uh, I can't remember who hip and shouldered Selwood. I think it was... Oh, um, yeah, that was a fucking ripper Gibson. too. I'm pretty sure it was, was a ripper. Gibson. It was Gibson, yeah. And he took part of his cheek in the hip and shoulder. It wasn't... He got his chest contact. first and his head bounced forward and got him. So yeah, it was one of those ones that... The initial contact was below the head. Yeah, and it, it's one of those ones that... I think it, anyway. it should be fine. He didn't get. I could be making it up. He didn't get cited no. for it. But it's one of those ones that, in previous years, the umpires yep. and the MRP have sometimes gone. Mm, nah. Yep. Two weeks. It was about three inches um, below that of the, the Gold Coast Suns player Stephen May. May, yeah, May. Mm. About three inches below that one, so that it wasn't um, head first and then into the body. It was body first, which threw the head forward. I could be completely making this up. Uh, it was just based on me sitting on the sidelines watching it. Close, but that's what it looked like to me. Close enough to the truth. That's our motto. I'll tell you what, before yeah. I saw the replay, I thought if you that's don't a agree, sweet bump. If you don't agree, then just fucking send us a message. If you don't agree, then you're racist. Yeah. Um, Todd Goldstein, just quietly, if Fife does get rubbed out, smoky for the Brownlow. Who was the last Ruckman? Uh, Scotty Wind? It's a longie. Yeah. It's a longie, but... Uh, I think Scott Wine was the last one for the Bulldogs. Maybe just pure wins might, might do him in. Might might do him in. But even in the losses, like he, he can stand out because he's always getting taps. Yeah, um, but mm-hmm. see, Jared Wade's going to steal a lot of votes off him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in in his defence, I've been pretty heavy on Wade because he's been very shit. Uh, I've been too generous. <laughs> but this week, he actually did a lot of smart stuff. Oh, he did a lot of dumb stuff too. He did a lot of dumb, especially in the first half, he did some dumbass shit. Jeez, it was funny listening to the crowd around us too. <laughs> oh, there were, there were a couple of times, Mark in forward 50, I'm like, yeah, oh fuck, it's weight. Oh shit. And sure enough, off the side of the boot. But he hit up a few targets, he played further down the ground a little bit more and managed to 
get some, earn some possessions as well. He, he did kick some nice goals too. He took some nice marks. Yeah, uh, which if he's up and about, you know, North are probably going to win because the opposition have given up. By a lot, I yeah, He missed about. some shockers too, though. He did. But on Goldstein, I'll put it to you. Here's a funny one. Who's more important to North Melbourne's chances to win? Goldstein, Goldstein. or Nick Del Santo? Goldstein. I reckon Nick Del Santo. Because he has such a, a cool head and knows um, when to give the ball and where to give the ball. Uh, Goldstein's going to get his you know forty plus hitouts every game. Yep. There's no doubt there. But let's have a look at this one. He had forty five hitouts. Where's the uh, clearances? Uh, forty two to thirty one. So not as dominant on the on the clearances and stuff like that. So it's been a little bit funny. Um, but I think that Nick Dale, the, the team just looks so much different with him in it. I know what you're saying. Um, Nicky Dale, he's one of those guys, brilliant either hand, either foot. He can find a target. But uh, if Goldstein drops out. You're looking at replacing with either Brown or Curry, uh, who hasn't had a game in two or, years. Or Majak. Uh, no, no, he can uh, just chill. Um, and you lose either Brown, and then you've got no real inform forward. And Or if you put Curry up, you've got a bloke who hasn't played AFL football in two years. I think we noticed, um, sitting on the sideline, um, I reckon Frito spent more time on the bench in this game than he has in the previous four or five um, it seemed like he was coming off a lot more for Maybe somebody. Ben that... Brown too, actually. Brown's still carrying seemed, a thumb injury as he well. Seemed to have a leg injury, like maybe hamstrings tightening up. No, that's the way he always runs. No, he, he was getting no, a lot of work was, on the sideline. He was getting sideline. lots of work on the ground. Like he would go on, come back off, lay down, get some work done. I talk think about it. it. Might have been his back or something. Yeah, they were yeah, crunching him over in that weird sort of. Yeah, uh, we we'll look at him go. He looks fucking tiny. Yeah, the, the way they were crunching him <laughs> up. Yeah. He looked normal size. Yeah, it was almost like a deck check and folded <laughs> up or something like that. And just quietly, the physio for um, for North is one of the biggest bastards you've Isn't ever he? seen. You fucking He's got some guns on him, <laughs> yeah. that fella. He, he must be a shit house kick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he <has to> be. <laughs> He's a big lad. And the other thing, um, is Nick Del Santo in the leadership group of North Melbourne? Yes, I'm assuming he would be. be yeah. Even like, if he's not officially. The thing is, like, I, I agree with that he's a very important player, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's sort of hold himself back a bit because he's new in this organisation. No, and not two, at all. Um, every time two I've or seen three him, years now. Uh, well, then, well, then, do you, do you think there's a case that he should be captain? No. Um, every time he's around the team, you see him always talking to them, always getting involved. Uh, Swallow does it as well, but yeah. I think people listen to Dal Santo more. I, I think there's people that say Swallow does a lot around the club, behind the scenes and whatnot, and that's fine. Whatever. But um, on game day... Nicky Dow marshals the troops a lot better. See, I, um, I think the captaincy is between Zebul and Nicky Dow. Yeah, I'd, I'd I don't put think Swallow is probably should be captain. To be honest, I agree. Uh, I'd put Zebul as a captain tomorrow. Yeah, uh, every day of the week. Um, Just because I like throwing up um, uh, dark horses in there. Oh, no, not actually, Sorry, I forgot to mention. Speaking of dark horses, I actually picked weight for a Smokey for the Coleman at the start of the season. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's about where that's we're not, at. Yeah. That's not a dark so, horse. There goes that, my credibility. That's a midnight mule. Um, <laughs> you bet on a greyhound at a, a Melbourne Cup. <laughs> in the mould of uh, how Nick Maxwell was a brilliant captain for Collingwood, yeah. um, Sam Gibson. I reckon he'll be an alright captain. Yeah, I don't think he's consolidated his spot well enough. He's he's good enough to be there most of the time. But I don't think he's got uh, sort of four more years guaranteed. Yeah. So much, I think he hasn't demanded the respect that um, players like Zeeble and um, Del Santo do. I reckon he's a sleeper. I reckon he's, he's earned his spot, no, no doubt about that. But he hasn't earned his 
respect spot. Like he's not an automatic inclusion. Um, after getting a bit of a bathing last week, um, Robbie a bit Tarrant, of a bathing. Robbie Tarrant. Um, he, I reckon he played a, a really pivotal role on uh, Big Tommy Hawkins. Now, Hawkins yeah. took eight marks and kicked a goal, which sounds okay, but a lot of those marks had to be well down the ground. Yeah, yep. Um, you don't mind him. Uh, <laughs> and look, let's be honest, um, Tarrant isn't following him to centre-half back. <laughs> not always, no. Yeah. He's like, okay, mate, you can you have, have the kick down there. I don't care who you're going to kick it to. I'm going to spoil it. He, he's not a quick uh, giver of the ball either, um, Hawkins. Mm. So if he's marking it at half-back, it is slowing up play anyway. And look, Tarrant seems content to play with one boot on. I don't know if he's been watching Happy Gilmore <laughs> or something. Did, but didn't he? Yeah, he's like, no, nah, fuck it. And yeah, nah, it's on an angle. He, he played most of the quarter with one boot. Yeah. And the runner's... Had the boot. I'd, I don't know whether he just said, no, nah, lads, I'm right. Or... They chucked it on the bench, I think. Uh, yeah. One way to get rid of Tinia. A shit way. <laughs> yeah. But one way. Or maybe, um, that, maybe that's what put Hawk off. It, it could have been. Yeah, well, man with one shoe. Maybe he's just got a bit of... He wasn't uh, sure if the goal, goal posts were at an angle <laughs> or if uh, Tarrant put his hands up on the mark. Well, he, uh, Hawkins seems like he might be a bit OCD. He might be those guys that likes his you know spanners lined up in order of ascension. You know, picked up a spanner in his life. <laughs> <laughs> no, he worked on a farm, remember? I've seen the fucking ads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had the sheep all organised by size, so maybe having an opponent with one shoe just put him off and distract him all the time. It's a dairy farm. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> You can milk sheep. <laughs> so then why the fuck were the sheep there? <laughs> Tom. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, West Coast and Adelaide. Um, now, this is obviously going to be an emotional game as well. Adelaide's first uh, game after losing their coach. Oh, man, I had another half hour of North Melbourne game stuff. Yeah, we've talked about the emotional bit. stuff, though. Yep. Um, so. But I, I thought it just mentioned it. It was good to see that the Eagles um, uh, forego the... Um, victory song but uh, enough about that the, the game was very decent um, yeah, yeah. which is good to see you know what frustrates me about West Coast though they've got a quality midfield and then fucking Gaff pops up what the fuck is that yeah. <laughs> fucking oath like what's his problem you've already got a fucking top notch midfield you, fuck you he's, he's he's all Australian without a doubt him and um, Maston have been just killing it yeah I'm going to say they've gone from average players who um it, Less so Maston, do you kind of okay? I know who you are. You play for one of those teams to, like I said, all Australian. Yeah, and has been the same. They've gone from like your consistent 80s super coach players to the standouts where you're like, fuck, should have got him at this count at the start of the season. I'll tell you what, I reckon a lot of the recruiting managers will be saying the same shit. Yeah, there'll be a few letters sent out uh, as well, pretty fucking soon. <laughs> say, the funniest thing I saw on Facebook was like some of the Crow supporters. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, they're not the most rational supporters. I Look, mean, I, and that's coming from a Richmond supporter. I, when you talk Facebook supporters, I think the bar is set pretty low, regardless yeah. of the club. <laughs> yeah. But I heard someone complained about, you know, can't believe the umpires robbed us of this game. <laughs> it's like they had oh. a 17 to 7 free kick count, and that doesn't account for a 56 six point loss and also 122 less disposals yeah but I heard the same thing in the Frio versus Hawthorne game and that was a 12 yeah. goal loss yeah. so <laughs> never mind that um, look that's been the thing with West Coast is they're just trundling along um, their midfield is probably the best spread midfield in the competition at the minute but it's yeah. not just their best four it's their that's, best six. That's what I mean. That's the thing is they don't have like a, a center structure. They've got from um, square to square, like from edge of the square to the other yep. square. That's their center. Um, which uh, Adam Simpson has obviously put a lot of time into that. It's his second year at West Coast, I think. Yeah, I've had him. Um, it's, it's full year, I believe. 
No, no, he he because uh, uh, Wusher uh, retired, he didn't yeah. get pushed out. Oh, Although he's uh, got his name in the hat for that leg job, doesn't he? No, he's a director of coaching at Adelaide. Basically, he put his name in the hat no. for the coaching. He's, no. he's, he's uh, said, I don't want it. Right. He's uh, uh, taking his name out. Yep. Um, they're looking very Hawthorne-like with their midfield in that they rotate people through there. Yeah. Um, but the people they're rotating through there have got some absolute quality so that when, you know, if Prittis is off having a rest, then yeah. um, Elliot Yeo's in there. Um, yeah. It's yep. it's such an impressive midfield. It reminds you of um, their 5 6 team. Yeah, and, you know, I, I I do think back to the start of the season where we, uh, I think all of us tipped him to drop Everyone off and make finals. Everyone did. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck that one right up. I can't see him dropping out of the top two. No, nah, well, I think it's going to be West Coast, uh, Western Australia top two. I think next week if they win, you've got to talk about it as a flag chance. I think in the next three weeks they've got in no particular order um, Collingwood, Sydney, and Hawthorne. So and they play Sydney and Hawthorne both at home, yeah. uh, and don't have return matches against those. And they've got Frio coming up as well. So look um, against those four clubs, if they win. Two, yep. um, th- that's it. They're, they're top two for the year, and yeah. and I I think they'll win more than two. Yeah, oh, guaranteed, guaranteed. The, the thing is too that they've got a pretty decent injury list. Like there's there's yeah. no um, players that seem to be carrying injury yep. or always in and out of the spot. So they're consistent. They've got good list management. They've got yeah. up and coming. Fuck me, they're going to be so dangerous. Not just this year, but for the next few. And the thing is with West Coast, I think that they. They, I mean, obviously you got you got Prittis, um, but I think they don't have just a couple of out and out stars that are holding them up. I think they're, I mean, they call it the mean of the skill of their yeah. team is higher than other teams. Uh, yes. That's what it is, um, but, and that's what premierships get exactly won by. Yep. You yep. say that you, I agree. They don't have that out and out star, but when you look at it. They've got a the reigning Brownlow medalist running in the midfield, yeah. and the lead, Coleman medalist leader at the at the minute yeah. up at the full forward. But that's why I but think they're not out and out superstars. But that's what I think separates the them done. from their Premiership era team is that they had a midfield that just fucking dominated. Like oh, they've had the they had the best midfield. Like of each of seen. those individual players, you could build a team around a midfield on any other team. Yeah. And with this one, I think that like you said, with Kenny in that forward, they've got such it's so hard to cover their spread. If yeah. that makes sense from a gambling mm-hmm. uh, terminology, that it's it's very difficult for a team to get a match up holistically over their team. Look, yes, the it's big, only strategy that'll beat them. The, the two thing, the biggest things is like we said, their spread of uh, quality midfielders, yeah. um, but also their biggest issue was injury to key backman and McGovern stepped up. And yeah, it's become and, one and, of the best in the league. And Maston has, has made sure that it doesn't go into the back or their full back line. Yeah, <laughs> it gets their centre back and he's all over it. And very overdue, Dom Sheed got the uh, NAB Rising Star nomination this week. Yeah, yeah, um, which is uh, good to see because um, he's been absolutely killing it as well. Yeah, it's like they already penciled in a few other people before uh, actually come to him. So he just had to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing um, uh, that was mentioned with, uh, I can't remember if it was Adelaide's CEO or list manager or someone from Adelaide came out and said that Dangerfield's decision isn't based on winning premierships, it's based on lifestyle. You'd have to think that he's gone if Adelaide representatives come out and well, say that. The way he played over the weekend, I, I think he's as determined to um, honour the club as anyone because he really stepped up. He broke down after the match. He's had, he's had a good year. Yeah. on the field um, yeah but yeah. the hard sell with Adelaide is always lifestyle we're, we're getting people from Melbourne it's really hard to keep them and Jeez. if they say that Dangerfield's decision is going to be based on not only premierships but lifestyle you'd have to think that means that lifestyle is going back to, to Geelong. Geelong well the, Geelong's 
lifestyle isn't so different from Adelaide. But family. Yeah, family. That's it. Lifestyle that's means it like that's where your family are and that sort of thing. So it's, say, it's not like the actual uh, environment. It's who's there right. as opposed to anything else. Um, yeah, look, and it's interesting to see with all the turmoil that's going on, um, what that means for his decision. I, I'm sure that he'll come out and say, whichever way he goes, yeah. stay or goes, and I still believe he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, he'll say it won't, it hasn't impacted or changed my decision, yeah. um, but it has to. Look, I, th- I think he's gone, but I think it'll actually be a positive for Adelaide. I think it'll free up cap room, and I think they've got young players coming through that they can draw on that'll give them a chance to step up. And I don't think his role will be given to one other person. I think it'll be split up between two or three. When you look at the ruck duel in this, um, I heard some of the commentators say Sam Jacobs is one of the form ruckmen of the comp. I, yeah. think, it's, I think that's horseshit. Yeah. I think he's in top five at the minute. Yeah. Nat- so you stop reading the advertiser. <laughs> I think Nat Nui pantsed him. And he, Nat Nui did about three times this game what I have no yeah. fucking clue why ruckmen don't do more often. Yeah. He thump it. Well, he leapt uh, to touch the ball rather yeah. than leapt to be landing when the ball's coming in reach. Yep. Uh, put it out ahead of the player who knew it was going to fucking be there. Yeah. I think it was... Almost uh, like they practiced it. Yeah, fuck <laughs> me. Like they communicated and shit. I think it was uh, Yo he tapped to. Yeah. Uh, Yo picked the ball up one bounce and bang, straight in the forward line. Why the fuck is that not happening more often? Especially at Freo when you've got Sandilands who's bloody seven feet tall. How the fuck are you not tapping it to your player? I, I don't understand why you have anyone in the... Centre squ- center, um, circle at all. You have them all right behind and just, just charge. Just Sandilands punch it forward and everyone just charges. <laughs> um, St Kilda and GWS played on Sunday morning. Um, the Saints Twitter was one of the highlights of the match. They were getting into it, um, doing as many <laughs> Simpsons references as they could. Um, it was very disappointing to see um, uh, Shields go down. Yeah. Because um, yeah. he's been one of my 15 Smokies for the Brownlow this year. Um, and it looks like he might be spending a couple of weeks on the sidelines. He's a quality player too. He's a player you love to see play. Um, Jeremy Cameron uh, had uh, a, a lazy five goals. Um, I think he kicked four in the first half even. Uh, he might have had four on the board before St Kilda had one. Yeah. Um, but some of his tackling was unbelievable. Um, just uh, it, It's good to see somebody as, as athletic as him not just being athletic in the forward line. But doing the yeah. chasing uh, and uh, bouncing and, and uh, going around shepherds to try and get to mm. the man and, and cause the turnover. Well, back to Shields for a sec. Um, his knee is what caused the injury. And they reckon, well, according to Doc Larkins, it's 12 weeks, yeah. uh, which means he's probably going to play in a couple. <laughs> yeah. Which means he, he's hurt his elbow. Probably. <laughs> 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 he's got athlete's foot. Is like, admittedly, I didn't actually watch much of this game, but just by looking at the stats, Saints should have won. I don't see how they lost just by looking at the stats. Yeah, they... they so what, what was it that went wrong? They uh, murdered the ball. Yeah, it was really insipid at times. Um, look, they, they had more inside 50s. They had more of the ball. And 6-13. Yep. 6-13 doesn't help. But I heard heaps of raps about Josh Bruce after the game. Uh, Where did it come from? For me, um, he had limited opportunities. Um, but just made uh, the most of them? Well, he took a couple of nice marks, right. um, to be honest. Um, I think... Uh, he was getting monstered a fair bit, too. He was. Um, but he's a pick-up from GWS as well, isn't he? Is he? I, th- I think can't. he might be. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, all right. Sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I, <laughs> I have no idea, but yes. He's come from Done. nowhere this year. Done. But, um, all right, so yeah, recruited from GWS, <laughs> uh, bargain price, and really paying dividends as a St. Kilda investment. He likes uh, swimming and rock climbing in his yeah. spare time. And Tim Membry yeah. is actually a uh, Dungeons & Dragons aficionado. <laughs> he's globally ranked at 43. <laughs> 
Globally ranked. He's a dungeon master. Sure. Um, Nick Rewalt um, had a bit of a, a twinge. I think it was calf tightness or something like that. Um, and he's in doubt for <laughs> this week. He's playing this no, week. He is playing, playing this, this week. week. There is yeah. no Darren way he's not playing. Teams. Ain't no fucking chance. It's, well, we'll, uh, we'll Maddie, go through that in a little bit. But it's Maddie's it, match, so he'll be yeah, up for that. Yeah. Um, it's massive. Uh, who was I going to say? Maverick Weller kicked a nice goal with that nice little uh, run around um, on the boundary line. But um, while we're throwing up Smokies, David Armitage, he could yeah. sneak in. He's, oh, he's a Smokey. I don't think he, he'll, he'll get it, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he polls in the teens, the high teens. I think, oh, I, I think that's a guarantee. I I think a winning Brownlow will be high 20s because you're going to have five. If, if five gets 70. reported. I think a Brownlow will come from a winning team. That's what let him down is wins. We're all, it's Fife Brownlow. He's got 40 votes already. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. if it's not him, then it's, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. And providing listen to this on Tuesday night, um, the the results of that tribunal should be done. No, no, no it's, it's already done. He, he's got a find. You got fine. Fine. Yeah. We'll cover that in the next game. Right. Yeah. But um, look, do they play Richmond before the season's out? Yes. Yeah. Does um, yeah. does Dusty have any oh debts to people that <laughs> Dusty maybe... doesn't pay debts? He collects <laughs> debts. Well, no, I was just wondering. He might have a few bikey mates who uh, might want to make a bit of money. He's got plenty of fucking bikey mates that want to make heaps of money. So maybe they bet on someone who's not Fife and. Uh, Dusty's trying to I hit Buddy's fist all night. I think they're more the type of people who see the umpires after the match and say, hey, so who'd you vote for in this game, son? <laughs> Go the easy way. You yeah. cut, cut to Work the, smart, uh, not hard. That's yeah, it. Some bikey just wrote down a note after that. He's like, fuck yeah, I should have thought of that shit. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm pleased they learned to write. Um, Tom Scully, I thought, is... Um, I'm looking for an apprenticeship. Uh, <laughs> he's done all right. He's starting to look like an AFL player. He's still not a million dollars a year player, but um, that'll get sorted out once his contract ends this year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, he, he, I, yeah. I just yeah. pick it quietly. I, I don't think his new contract will be for a million dollars. Carmichael Hunt got paid a million, didn't he? <laughs> just, um, yeah, but that was recycled back into the club. Speaking of bikies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just imagine Scully walking into that contract negotiation. All right, here's our offer. It's pretty it's lower. It's, it's lower, and in in fact, I think you're paying us. But uh, yeah, that's that's your job. You you owe us from here on in. Yeah, and you're buying lunch. <laughs> uh, it's a, it, it is a shame this game. I was hoping for a bit of a shootout actually with um, uh, Cam McCarthy and, and um, Bruce and uh, Jeremy Cameron. Um, there's uh, you know. Got to be 400 goals between the lot of them um, yeah. when it's all said and done. And to be honest, they're they not generally really defensive-minded teams either. No. Um, and that was something good uh, with GWS because uh, the issues they've got, uh, all their backmen uh, are out injured, oh, and their ruckmen. Yeah. Um, but uh, they didn't concede many goals at all, um, just a six. So No, and apparently Patton is uh, going to be coming back he too. played in the kneeful um, <laughs> and got through the game, uh, which is a great start for him. The funny is, Patton always comes back just after you've forgotten about him. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's right, fucking number one draft pick. Patton, he's a gun with he, no knees. With no knees, poor bastard. On but he to, has that one good season and oh, it's going to be worth watching. He was almost there last year too. Yeah. It looked like it. Yeah. Um, on to what was supposed to be match of the round and turned into a bit of a pounding. Um, Hawthorne Freo. And I've got to be honest, I haven't seen the second half of this one yet, but I'll be watching it again <laughs> on replay tonight. I've watched the highlights. Um, this was as impressive as last year's grand final. Uh, there was a lot of questions about both sides going into this game. And I think the only question that really got answered is 
that at their best, Hawthorne are better than anybody else. And we saw them at their best. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, well, thanks, guys. I, I was no trying to actually work in a way that Richmond are better, but I was like, nah, shit, I can't. <laughs> right, I haven't, played, haven't played Richmond yet. Um, yeah, I know, we, but we beat free. I'm like, hey, Hawks, nah, they always fucking got the wood on us. Not the wood, they're always just better than us. <laughs> no, Richmond have been a bit of a bogey side for Hawthorne the last few years. It's You get beaten by Richmond, that's usually a good sign. Yeah, but never in important games. No, always mid-season. We never play important games against Richmond. It's fucking Richmond. Well, this is true. This is true. Um, but I think... Um, well, looking at my notes, Hawks had 190 more disposals. They dominated stoppages. Um, clearances were 49-30. Stoppages, 32-22. Tackles, 83-58. to 58. Look, lost the hitouts, 58-44. to 44, Won yeah. the clearances. But I think the key to that is you lose hitouts, but your tackles are 83-58 to 58 with 190 more disposals. It says something, doesn't it? It that, says a lot. That's a lot of a mindset. Yeah. yeah. Well, surely other teams are going to look at the way they played Sanderlands, uh, which was run him ragged. Uh, yeah. That McAvoy inhaled double team him essentially yeah. at all times and just kept him moving. He doesn't have a great engine. Well, they dropped Segler for this match um, to bring in McAvoy. McAvoy's been killing it in the VFL because he's he's too good for VFL. Yeah, Segler had done nothing wrong, but they just dropped him for the bigger body yeah. um, and thought we're going to you know uh, pound on Sanderlands all night. Um, every time he did tap it to advantage, there were two at least two tacklers on the Fremantle player, yeah. and they weren't you know. Grabbing tackles. They were wrapping up. You're going fucking nowhere, yeah. son. Yeah. Tackles. Yeah. Which, again, is the most frustrating thing about Sandilands. He gets first touch as often as not. Hey, whack it clear. Yeah. Let Fife run onto yep. it. Or, I don't know, let the lads know what you're going to do. Just say, <laughs> it's right, lads, your choice. This is going forward left. This is going forward right. Yep. Be fucking moving. Yeah. It's like uh, we, we're using a lot of MMA um, analogies tonight, but it's like if you're the dominant wrestler in, in an MMA fight, mm. you get to decide where the fight takes yep. place. Yeah, exactly. He's the dominant ruckman. He gets to, to decide where yep. the ball's going. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to clear get that clearance from where he taps it. And look, it, this isn't a new problem um, for yep. Freo. It, it's been one that's been around. You can't dominate the taps that well and, and not dominate the clearances and, equally. And the thing is, like, the only way I can see that you defend against someone with such a clear advantage in tap outs is that you're already anticipating or you've worked out their patterns that they run yeah. at a center clearance or that that team isn't communicating properly. Because the only way that I think you could feasibly defend against that properly is to play man-on-man. But if you already know who it's going to go to, then you should have the advantage in that man-on-man contest. Mm. And so it looks like they double-team where they think it's going to go, and a lot of times they're right. Yep. So it looks like it's getting predictable. Whatever they're doing, I think they need to scrap whatever their plan is and say, we'll just say it's going to you. Well, yeah, and I don't know, fucking talk to each other a lot. Yep. Um, Speaking of talk... There was a fair bit of it. I know a lot of the the pundits and papers and authors have to fill columns, and that's fine. But uh, one thing that came out was uh, I think Phil Collins. He's a <laughs> cock. But uh, I think it was Gary Lyon had a crack at Sam Mitchell. And speaking of cocks, yeah. And the Greater Hawthorne sides about their unsociable football and their um, well, I think he called it thuggery. But if you're winning by ninety points, do you really give a fuck? Thing is trying to trying to say that football's unsociable. Like, get the fuck out of here, Robert. Robert Walls, who suck ter- my cock. Robert Walls um, coined that term, and he meant it as a term of endearment. He liked it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, what are you supposed to? Do? How, how are you going, mate? How's your family going? <laughs> so, <laughs> as long as you're not belting people, which belt them, you know, go for it. Hawthorne have done that in the past, but in this match, they just were harder and. That's part of being a better football team. Okay. Name me a premiership squad that played sociable football. 
Yep. North Coast Social Club, four women's champions, whatever. Um, look, the uh, raising the knee into Fife, um, I think it's, it's only become... It, it is funny how when it happened to Taylor Walker, um, it, it looked absolutely um, innocuous. Uh, yeah. No, not innocuous because they did hurt him. Um, but it, it looked like it was just, oh, fuck, what am I doing? Mm. And he had no time to even think um, let alone doing it on purpose. So, yeah. and, and everyone seemed pretty fine with that, except Taylor Walker. Yeah. Um, now it's happened again. They've gone, oh, maybe, maybe. For me, it is still an instinctive reaction. Mm. Why yeah. is it different? It's happened twice because it's an instinctive reaction. Isn't it going to yeah. happen twice at yeah. least? Yeah, yeah. Look, honestly, I think that this is or just I'm a just case defending of... Hawthorne players. I think it's just a case of writers having to write. Um, I'm, I've got no interest in defending Hawthorne players, but I think... You've got to allow players to protect themselves and allow players to make contact. It's uh, going to happen. There's uh, going to be uh, corkies, going to be injuries, there's going to be body contact. There's going to be people laid out, like we saw Selwood over the weekend, and that's just the game we play. Having said that, um, I, I do think it's instinctive, but it, it's obviously um, it, it is still dangerous if that knee comes up a little bit higher in such a short amount of time, and it can cause injury. I'm kind of okay with a fine. Because um, it does say, we know you're not doing this on purpose, yep. but you still, you've got to change. Yeah. If it does collect somebody sweet you know, yep. in a kidney or something like that, that's pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah, see, the way I look at it is like when, say you drive on the road and you're turning and you almost hit the person in front of this turning and they get really angry and it's like, but did I hit you? No, nothing happened. So do you want a hug? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's the way I look at it. Do you get many hugs on the road with your driving? Never. I offered heaps, but no, nah, they just Fucking swear at bastards. me. So, yeah. But um, I look at it that way. Whereas like, if, if nothing happened, there should be a uh, consideration to what, what the end result was. And uh, the intention, yeah, it's kind of there. But hey, you give them a fine, give them a slap yep. on the wrist, but don't rip them off a Brownlow medal or any sort of... Um, accreditation that comes from those sort of things where you might not get that if you get uh, banned for a game. Well, that obviously uh, leads us on to the Nat Fife incident, um, which was the spoil on Taylor Jurea. Um, yeah, fucked my... I've still got uh, Brownlow vets on. You people. had Jurea for Brownlow? No, I've got Brownlow vets on people other than Fife, so I'm hoping uh, he doesn't spend it. But unfortunately, I think I've got Bontepelli and Gray, and they've had shit seasons, so I'm probably oh, not going to win. Gray's been all right. Bonte, he's been great decent. Season. He's not yeah, brown but... Oh, I don't know. He, he's not far. He get a lot of votes, Gray. Um, look, he got a 50-meter penalty, and I thought that was fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't think it needed uh, suspension. No. Um, he got a fine, which I actually like because it makes it so tight now. Because <laughs> yeah. if he gets... It's like a second strike. Yeah. Now he's yeah. on that tender hooks. Um, that if, tender hooks. If he gets that third strike, he's out. Yeah. Um, so any little innocuous thing that he gets done for, oh, geez, it makes it exciting. Yeah, but see, I'm, I'm a big fan of the fine as opposed to the uh, suspension and the... Well, to be honest, I think that you shouldn't have best and fair. It should be the best. Yep. I think it should be MVP. Best and most brilliant. Yeah. If you get uh, suspended and you still win a brown low, fucking more power to you. Yep. And what we were brought up, we, and I mentioned this uh, when we were at the games, was uh, Corey McKernan. Lost a brown low for what was a pretty piss-weak knee. Yep. Like it shouldn't, I think it should be a free kick and that's it. And I hate to see good players um, not get their due reward because of some bullshit interpretation yeah, that, that, that destroyed Corey McKernan. He never recovered. He didn't either. Oh, yeah, he fucked up Sean McKernan that. too. I mean, you know, he hasn't recovered that too. <laughs> that's how bad it was. <laughs> Got the whole fan. But um, with that, I think that'll happen in our lifetime. 
they'll change yeah. the Brownlow rules. Uh, it's gonna, and with a bit of luck, the umpires won't be voting for it either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't I can't see them changing it, though. It's been 70-odd years. Oh, once they get up to that, $3 That's billion more reason to change for me, though. I don't see that that's why it's always but, been as a reason for keeping it. I think that's more reason to change it. you know that a lot of them are in love with that kind of tradition. I know. Fuck those guys. Yeah, they <laughs> die eventually. Yeah, but, yeah uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that They're dead soon. So. Imagine, though, when they change it over, you'll have like a 95-year-old Corey McKernan collecting his retrospective Brownlow, like we have with the guys who lost on countbacks. That they got their re- retrospective. Yeah. And so they you, didn't give a fuck in the end. They're like, oh, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, I'm sure one or two of them yeah. were like... Oh, no, I'm not for no, giving no, out no, retrospectives. No, I'm just for changing the rules and we play it as a lace from there on in. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, it would be a good move, but I can't see it happening, not in my lifetime. I hope it does, yeah, but I can't but, see it happening. I think we're too heavy-handed with penalties in AFL. I think we're becoming a bit too over-regulated. And, and the other thing is, is that... When was the last verbal... What we're talking about was that a lot of the rules that change aren't the actual rules that change. It's the interpretation interpretation of the rule that changes, which makes it so hard. And like we're talking about with the... um, Sling tackles? The sling tackle. We were saying that when that happened, nobody knew whether that was going to be a match or whether it was going to be a match or what was going to happen with it. It was all speculation. Uh, It should be cut and dry. But that's a a hallmark of AFL. There's... All of it's open to interpretation. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but the thing is, there's general rules for free kicks, but but rules for having someone have to be banned for a game, I think, should be a different kettle of fish. Well, that's what they try to do with the point system, and it just it turned out that there's too much variation between incidents to have a, a cut and dry. That's one. That's two. That's three. Well, when you get lawyers involved in those sorts of things, it, it just becomes a whole different ball game. I do think the point system was an improvement, though, because it used yeah. to be, oh, that's free. Yeah. Um, and then the next person gets that job the next year yeah. and all of a sudden it's completely different. So uh, it is still hard to put an objective measure against a subjective thing. I think we have to stop being so precious. Yeah. To be honest, if you want to it's a at, contact sport. If you want to look at, at safety, I think we have to be way more educated. And this sort of follows into what we've banged on about with tackles and yeah. the proper way to tackle someone is different to what we actually do. So I, I've got to be honest. I think that the you know going side on to the contest to try and you know put your hips there and, yeah. um, when you're picking up the ball, I reckon I've seen it happen so much more in the last three weeks than I have in the previous three years. Yeah, that's a good point, I think actually. it is improving a lot. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen a lot fewer people dive in with their head over the ball yeah. in that dangerous way where you just see them almost put their forehead to the ground. And yep. Even on the weekend, we didn't see Selwood uh, do it. Well, I didn't see him do it once. We didn't see him get rewarded for doing it. No. No, I saw him get split open, which, uh, you know, that's just what happens. And hey, I was bagging the different changes in interpretation. That's one change of interpretation that's actually been better. So I, I think so too. Give it credit is, there. It's, um, it is hard at times, that interpretation, but yeah. I believe it is... Um, on the whole, yeah. um, being being better. But look, um, in this game, uh, I'll give another um, slap to Fremantle um, first. What do you think was more pathetic? Um, Ballantyne. Fre- Fremantle supporters blaming the umpires or blaming that the game was in Tasmania for the loss? It doesn't matter which one. Anyway, that's rhetorical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Not um, only are we offensive, but we're educational. Actually, I'll one... tell you what was actually more pathetic was the what, the knee-jerk reaction afterwards that everybody's gone, free metal, free metal are pathetic. They yeah, free the metal are fucked, yeah. They lost one fucking game. Yeah, in Tasmania. Well, it's surprising how people came out and attacked Pavlich too. It, well, he is down on form. Um, yeah. You know, he kicked one goal too. Um, in a team that only kicked, well, they kicked six goals. Um, but uh, scoring has been their problem for the last couple of years and yeah, it doesn't look like is, something they've sorted yet winning hasn't been their problem this year and that no. counts for a lot so I think that perhaps if he can have a lesser role and that uh, sort of 
key role is spread between two or three people, then it's better for Frio. Yeah. Which uh, it has been. You've got Stephen Hill. Um, is he the little fella running up forward? Uh, no, you're trying to think of Michael Walters. Walters, yeah, Walters. Yep. And you're a racist cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's just filled that, that role. Well, I, Michael Walters is a, is a superstar in waiting. He, he yeah. just... It, if he becomes more consistent, um, yeah. he's got such a good leap on him. And, it's and the year of the small forward, though. Yeah. The forward pocket. It's the year of the forward mm. pocket. Which is funny. Year of the small forward, and Hayden Ballantyne's gone missing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anybody having a go they at They don't Pavlich, come much smaller. Yeah. No. Um, you having a go at Pavlich, I think you're looking at the wrong wrong area. Uh, yeah. Ballantyne's been um, quite poor. Um, Fremantle have got an easier month ahead of them, mm. and he needs to sort himself out. Otherwise, he might find himself in the waffle. And yeah. when the team's playing against easier sides, somebody else is going to take his spot. Yeah. That's the worst thing is if he plays in the waffle and they do really good because they're going to be playing finals. Yep. Well, and they're looking good for a premiership. Ballantyne's at his best when he's combative and... Being an know, arsehole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's just been okay. Like He hasn't tried to impose yeah. himself. Hasn't tried hasn't to been okay. piss he's people been, off. He's been far less than okay for me. Yeah. Uh, especially in this game. But, I mean, it, the whole yeah. team had a, had a bad day. Even Nat Fife had 20 touches. That's been his lowest for the year. And uh, just having a quick look, looks like about 10 Hawks had more touches than Nat Fife. But do you think this will mean Frio look at it and go, oh, we've got so much more to work for, we've got to work harder, harder, harder? Or do you think they go, oh, we're so far away, we'll wait for next year? Nah, fuck that. They're still sitting on top of the ladder. They've got to... It's this year. They can't sit back and go, no, yeah. not next year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ross Lyon didn't put all his cards on the table either. Uh, yep. I think he might have a few more tricks up the sleeve. But look, at the end of the day, some of the, the ball movement from Hawthorne out of halfback, there were two or three of the times where they got goals. Um, it, it looked like Harlem Globetrotter stuff. Yeah. And it was... Amazing to see. Um, 82% disposal efficiency they had on the night. I don't care who you are. If that's, Hawthorne's having 82% disposal efficiency, you're not winning. That's, that's almost got to better be a season high. That's almost better than basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it just goes to show that when at their absolute best, they can't be beaten. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, does anyone know what sort of the size comparison is of the oval down at Tassie is compared to, say, Frio or MCG? Uh, it's made, by, made of grass. Frio's um, narrower. Um, uh, sorry, Subiaco's a little bit narrower. Um, I think that the ground is not really the size. It's more the openness, right. if you understand, because the, the stands yeah. aren't as big. Uh, okay, um, yeah. So they say it's it's almost a suburb well I guess it kind of is a suburban yep. ground so it's those kind of conditions is yep. what people talk about and it's fucking cold swirling yeah. breezes because um, I was wondering if like you know just uh, you, it's you don't plan your season game plan around being played at that oval is no. what I'm trying to get at is, is, could that be a play in effect or no I, I wouldn't I think so it's not going to be a change in the result but is a sort of one, one consideration no, I think Lyon would have wanted to stamp Hawthorne down if you can knock off the reigning premiers and knock them off in such a way that they fear playing him in the finals that's what you're going to do especially yeah. if you're but, but why would they fail that's what I'm getting he, he why would they fail he went there with a full strength side he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't conceding this one well, that, they failed like, because Hawthorne were on that's the only thing I could like so I'm trying to figure out why where they went wrong because they had a full squad they like because we were saying like last week that it would be decided wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if they just had a few you know um, windy hill colds going around yeah or general like soreness that. yeah general soreness but they didn't they they came here to win well, I, I purely believe it was just like the, shit. it was a grand final last year Hawthorne were on yeah like I said it, it's when one team's on and you're uh, you know just off it's not looking good well to me it's like we were saying earlier Hawthorne are a more physical side that's the way finals football is played. Yep. You yep. play finals yep. football as a maximum uh, physicality possible. Yep. And sometimes you go over the line, that's what finals football is about. Hawthorne has been playing finals football all year. Oh, 
I, that night, Frio didn't. And the thing is, you only go over the line if you lose. Yeah, I, I disagree. I've been very critical of Hawthorne because I think they've done enough. Because you tried to be fair? <laughs> <laughs> no, like last week against Collingwood, Collingwood beat them um, everywhere but the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, and they've, you know, against Essendon, they didn't really put Essendon to the sword, but yep. you know, they did. Essendon were crap and they yep. did enough to win. This is Hawthorne's best game for the year. Um, and the last time they played like this was really round one. Yep. Um, so it's it's been a long time um, to put a, a full effort like that but it was clinical uh, at mm. times um, even the goal kicking which has been part of Hawthorne's problem that one that uh, Hodge slotted from the pocket a beautiful camera view right behind him um, one issue they do have is uh, well Ruffy's still got fucking cancer trying to sort that shit out yeah. it'll be a couple more weeks um, well isn't that a kind of a crazy sort of thing like Guys break arms, it's 12 weeks, whatever. Oh, got cancer. Oh, be back in a month. Yeah. You're Fucking hell. Um, but Jack Gunston, um, I think he's kicked uh, probably two goals in the last three or four weeks. Um, he's been goalless uh, more than once in the last month. Yeah. Um, his finger is a real issue for him. I wouldn't mind if he had a week or two out having a rest. Um, Sam Grimley is, uh, I think, first or second in the goal kicking in the VFL. Um, so you've got another key forward who's in the wings waiting. Um, but I don't know if you're going to rest him when you're coming up against Sydney uh, next week. I thought I saw... Uh, I think Gunston got three in this match. Three what? Kicks? Yeah, curiosity yeah. is, is Gunston's nickname Norm? Yep. <laughs> Has to be. But he's... No, it, it is. Cause faith I mean, restored. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I remember after the uh, 2013 grand final... They were joking and calling him, Norm. good game, Normie, good game, Normie. <laughs> well uh, played, Hawthorne, well played. <laughs> um, and he thought, yeah, well, that's what they always call me. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 okay. that's right, yeah. Sorry, Josh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like you said, Gunston, it, it's fine to be um, good enough. Like, and he's got the massive talent and he's been uh, accurate for so long. But he's been struggling the last couple of sides and probably been covered off because Hawthorne's been winning. So... With guys waiting in the in the wings, if uh, your mate comes up and Gunston does all right in the VFL, who do you want in this team going no, forward? No, no. I, I don't want him in the VFL. I'm saying he's injured. He needs a couple of weeks off. Um, he doesn't play VFL. Um, I think he's reached that level now where if he's yeah. uh, he's he's injured, he's not down on form. Yeah, you don't he, need to prove that you're uh, sort of the quality that gets in this team. Yeah. You're there. It, it was. I think it might have been in the St Kilda game. He dislocated or broke his finger, and that's why he's uh, put on the glove, yep. like um, Travis Clark. <laughs> yeah. I think he just it'd be good to have a couple of weeks off. And uh, it, obviously, Hawthorne would be smart enough to do it if it would make a difference. And it mustn't be it must be one of those things where it needs surgery, and you're going to be out for two months, so they're going to wait. The but, thing is, a dislocated finger, you can't use that excuse after Darren Crash Shaw. Creswell. Creswell. Darren Creswell, when he's trying to knock his fucking knee back into joints so we can go back on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's Wax really hard to be like, yeah, I'm out for a couple of weeks with a dislocated finger. When well, old well, mates on the sidelines banging his knee back well, into place. Well, Daniel Chick got his amputated because it was yeah. getting too much trouble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, he did the chopper read. All right, that's enough tangents for Hawthorne and Frio. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the last game, which was Sydney versus Brisbane. Um, boring as shit. Uh, Brisbane um, eventually got uh, uh, ran out of legs, um, and the Swans got over the line. But yeah. I think it, it was two goals in the third. Um, Brisbane were ahead by, and then Sydney got over the line, kicked four nil. 
doing it. Kicked, uh, I think in the, in the last quarter and a half, they kicked yeah. four goals. And that was the crux of it. Yeah, it was good to see a game where people weren't booing goods. Um, probably because... No fucker was there. No yeah, there. no one was there. Um, but it, it, Goods been pretty happy with that. Dane Zorko had a day out, though. Um, yeah. 30 touches and two unbelievable goals, including the nice volley from the top of the goal square. Um, after a brilliant smother, he just picked it out of uh, midair, and that was uh, very pretty. Um, but, look, um, Sydney were um, disappointing in their win over Port, and the previous week, I think, was a loss to Richmond. Yeah. Um, so they... They really need to stamp something. Uh, I know Josh Kennedy came out and said he was disappointed in his own performances. Oh, they were disappointed with 41 in this win. touches, yeah. They were disappointed in this win, let's be honest. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but um, winning ugly has been a bit of their trait in yeah. the last uh, couple of months. Better than losing pretty. I didn't realise Pierce Hanley got 33 posies or disposals. He came back from injury this year, yeah? Yeah, um, I think he... Did he do his shoulder or something in about round two? Something, something like, like that. that, yeah, yeah. Because, because he had a pretty decent season last year, especially coming across one of the Irish recruits. Yeah. Um, he's been one of the promising ones too. So it's good to see that yes. he uh, had a good sort of role in a losing squad. But And Beams did it right too. And that's the frustrating thing about Brisbane. You look at uh, Hanley, Beams, um, Rich, a few of those other guys who Zorba. have... Clay Beams as well, who's out injured now. But well, yeah. He was killing it when he was in there. But you see these talented players and you're thinking how the fuck are you guys so far down yeah yep. uh, what the fuck is wrong because a, a prime midfield that, is, it has to be everything else yeah, yeah, they've it? had injuries on top of injuries yeah, yeah true and um, it seems like they've also had injured hearts because you see a lot of guys who wander around with their head down they're, they're not really yeah. as hungry as you expect them to be definitely but they've had board troubles as well they're like it's hard to go into a season confident when there's no stability behind you yeah, and, yeah. but also you see guys like like Christensen uh, comes in to decide to have a bit more uh, veteran effect, bit of class, yeah. and show nothing to me. I, 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 be honest, I, I think he's tried. I think he's tried. He's tried. I could be honest though. I thought he was overrated when he was at Geelong. Yeah, um, so did I. So they were yeah. hoping for a little bit too much yeah. when they got him. Yeah, maybe so. Um, uh, big Sauce Bottle Merritt had one of the best hips and shoulders you've seen. Um, lined up a bloke who had no idea it was coming. Um, but <laughs> the best got him ones. absolutely yeah. sweet. And what I loved about it was uh, knocked him cold. Um, got up and just ran back to his position like it was nothing. I was going to say, if it's country football, the only way that gets better if it's in front of the grandstand. Oh, I, I, this was right in front of the bench. Sweet. Is, but uh, I like, you know, um, you say somebody for the Swans, you know, go in and fly the colours and that. And I think yep. there was only one person near there and it was Parker and he sort of took one step and went, no, nah, it was fair. Well, well, he flew half the colours. I'm not saying Parker was scared. I'm he flew white. He respected it. He went, good bump. I'm going to let that one go. So that's like... Um, a cricketer getting bold and going, that's a top Fucking ball. Good ball, man. <laughs> it was, again, let's go back to USA. It was after um, uh, Chad Mendes got a few in, in Connor, and, and Connor even went, yep. Yeah. Gave yep. him a nod. Yep. Okay. No, well done. you got a point. You, you well, got a- to be honest, he said, yep, that's all you've got. <laughs> uh, respect where it's given. I'm not lying. That's actually what he said. <laughs> um, how many uh, kicked 10 goals, six from the um, Bondi Billionaires, um, which is uh, an okay return, um, but... Uh, Look, I still say Sauce Bottle had uh, had Franklin on. Um, he, he won that matchup for the day, but um, there, there was a couple of there where Franklin's been lazy and staying on the outside, waiting for the ball to come out, and uh, Brisbane worked clean. But um, to be fair, I mean, you, you call it lazy, but when he played at Hawthorne, that like his role wasn't to be there and doing that sort of thing. Like that, that was his spot. Yeah. And he'd grab it, put it onto his left, and it's a goal. Yeah. So it's probably a bit of adjustment, but... Um, 
I think he was a better Hawthorne player than he is a Sydney player. Last year was his best year, I think, since 08. Yeah. Um, but he, he hasn't... He's still done all right. He hasn't been as impressive this oh, year. But It will never be bad. Let's no, put it that way. Like, no, he's a quality no. player and will always be good at whatever team he, he plays in. And I, I think he's worth the stupid money that he's on. Yes, yes. I do too. Well, with, uh, the, with the other half of the Bondo billionaires, Tippett, they used him in a, a different fashion again here. Uh, he got quite a few Selling records. <laughs> well, if only. Um, he's tall. You can, you know, reach out. Yeah, but he was their primary ruckman for a lot of... Like, he was their most effective ruckman, I should say. Well, I think that's more of a, um, uh, a comment on Pike. Um, who hasn't been as impressive this year uh, as well? Um, look, Lewenberger has been okay, um, but uh, we well, think if there's a weakness of Sydney, it's their ruck stocks. They don't yep, have a dominant been, yeah. ruckman. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Teddy Richards comes back this week as well. He had the week off with a concussion um, after the Shooks tackle. Um, be look, they're playing Hawthorne, so they might say, you know what. We need him, or they might say, "Well, Hawthorne haven't got rough head, so your key matchup is not there anyway." Yeah. Um, but uh, look, Sydney have again won ugly, uh, weren't that impressive. Um, but it, it's amazing how that will change uh, next week when they play Hawthorne, because <laughs> yeah. they will. They, they yep. turn up for the big games. Yep. Um, let's uh, let's move on to round sixteen then, very quickly. Um, Friday night, Etihad Stadium, North versus Essendon. Look, North have got to win this one. They have to. Well, everything says North should um, in terms of the last week of form, what's going on with Essendon, what's happening with North, which probably means it'll end up being a scrappy as fuck game and North will end up losing it by 10 goals. Pete, but who, who really fucking knows with look, North I, I or think, Essendon? Petrie's out hurts him. Boomer will start and act like he's got stuck in a Benny Cousins stash. He'll yep. be all over the ground. <laughs> Boomer for three votes. Yep. Cats and the Bulldogs at uh, Skilled Stadium. I think that's the only reason I'll tip the Cats, but yep. Bulldogs are up and about. No, I've got the Bulldogs uh, head and shoulders. I think they'll win and win uh, convincingly. Yeah, look, I, I unconfidently tip the Cats, but um, I'll be really happy if the Bulldogs can go across there and give some worth to a season that I think has been a win. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're still, in, still in the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Where are they sitting? Sixth. Um, interesting to see how the Cats go without Selwood as well, because he's not appealing. Yeah, um, that decision he's going to take his uh, a match yeah. or two and, and the thing is with Geelong it. they're one of those teams where if you lose a player like that it's not like you give this opportunity to like three or two or three players to fill in that role like he, yeah. he is that good that yeah. that's a, a hole that you don't fill well yeah they just got Bartell back and now Selwood's out so they'd, they'd have to be hate yeah not happy with that at all no uh, Suns Gold Coast versus Giants GWS I don't know why I said that backwards but fuck <laughs> it um, up at Metricon Stadium um, this would have been a whitewash about a month ago now with Ablett back and uh, GWS are playing good but I think they might have too much firepower up front up forward no I reckon uh, big general Patton will be back and no, I- no. yeah let's bring him back fuck it too early get he's him had, in he's had half a game in the kneeful too yeah, early that's enough you said you, that you thought like uh, a couple weeks ago it would be a whitewash. I still think it will be, but with the Suns. You're in the Suns. I think the Suns will destroy them. I'll, I think 10 goals plus. No, I'm back in GWS. Dixon out for the Suns. Shields out for Giants, which is the bigger loss. Shields. Shields. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Collingwood hosting West Coast at Etihad Stadium. Why the fuck are Collingwood playing at Etihad Stadium? Anyway. Uh, it's got a roof. What's on this weekend? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's because it's an interstate side. Um, mm. There is no Saturday game at the MCG. Interesting. I don't That's, think there's anything else on. 
That's yeah, uh, that's a yeah, strange. That's almost criminal, isn't it? I, I think no West Coast footy. I think yeah, in the winter, it is good that um, because it's been shit weather in Melbourne that there'll be a roof over the game, which I think is ultimately is better. That's true. But, yeah, but West Coast Eagles, football, yes, where they're sitting on the ladder, they would have loved another run on the MCG. Yeah, and hey, to be fair. The Collingwood fans will get out in the wet just as much as they will on, under Etihad Stadium. I agree. Um, who's who's going to win? West Coast. I think West Coast. Look, I think it's going to be a really, really, really tough game. Um, yeah. So uh, Pendlebury and Swan versus that midfield is going to be an absolute highlight. Yeah, and I think if Cloak can get outside of 50, I think that'll be better for Collingwood. Like, I'd like, half, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see um, them have a real... Not a single focus forward line. I like to see them winning the scramble on the forward line, if that makes sense. Um, what an afternoon of footy, though. That game leading into Sydney versus Hawthorne. Yep. Um, at a- it's at ANZ, not at the SCG. And they're always tough games. Uh, they're always they're always, games they're always close and hard-fought yep. games. Like, the score, the, like, the... Obviously, with most games, you say first 100, you've got whatever chance of winning. Yep. Hawthorne and Sydney is the exception to that, those rules. Those standard rules that we place on AFL games, this is the exception. Well, I'll give you a tip. If Hawthorne get to 100 by three-quarter time, they're winning, which is Look, what happened in the grand if, final. If anyone gets to 100, then they'll win. <laughs> uh, I yep. think it'll be between 60 and 80 and a very tight-fought game. I think, right. I think it's going to be, again, like I was saying before, a finals-style game of football where they'll just try and grind each other down as much as possible. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know who wins. Obviously, I'll tip Hawthorne, but um, I guarantee we'll see a better performance from Sydney this game than we've seen in the last month. And look, Buddy always steps up against Hawthorne. He he, always puts in the effort. Well, he was held goldless last time, and Frawley played on him, and Frawley is very unlikely to be there this time. Um, I think he's still a week away with a shoulder. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. But he always plays shit against Hawthorne. It's <laughs> terrible. But he was brilliant in the grand final. Um, fire our research bloke. Fremantle and Carlton over at Domain Stadium. Yeah. Opening available at Clicking Balls. <laughs> Fremantle versus Carlton over the West. They'll be bouncing back and they will just utterly annihilate them. It, it won't even be... It'll be over half time. You heard it. Carlton got to bounce back. Does, uh, is the second Ashes <laughs> test on that night? Oh, I, oh, I don't know. Uh, probably. Yeah, I reckon Australia win day one. <laughs> Melbourne versus the Brisbane Lions at the MCG. Geez, it's great that there's no game on Saturday at the MCG and then they come in for this blockbuster on the Sunday. Yeah, I reckon. What a waste um, of a fucking ground. Well, the problem is that uh, they've actually got snow up on the fields now, so no one's going to turn up at all. That explains where Carmichael Hunt is. Um, <laughs> power. Are we going to tip? Uh, no. Do we care? No. no. All right. Fuck um, it. If you, if, look, Brisbane. Look, be, tip whatever you want. It's a guess. Uh, Brisbane in to be in the in it at three quarter time and then get done by four goals. Yep. Um, I'll go with that. Port Adelaide are hosting the showdown. Um, Football's oh, the winner. It, it will be um, a, a big emotional game, and I hope that they both teams can find some closure because it it, it they need that emotional outpouring. They've had it, um, and they need to be able to move on as well. Mm. Um, I think it'll be a cracker game and it'll be played in the right spirit and they're going to be uh, trying to put on a show. I think this is going to be the oil that allows the Adelaide and the Port fans to be cohesive for, for one for week. week. <laughs> and then next time they'll be at each yep, other's throats. Exactly again. right. But look, the Crows... The oil that lets them be cohesive? Uh, you can come up with one if you want, but uh, I had 30 seconds and yeah, that's what came out. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Um, I think that uh, the fact that if... Adelaide Crows can put an end to Port Adelaide's season with a with a win here, and yeah. I think that'll get them over the line. Yeah, I can't tip against Adelaide. Um, this is their grand final, and the showdowns are always massive. 
but um, Adelaide, South Australia, yeah, you know, in South Australia, one of the biggest Ad- showdowns ever. The Adelaide team would rather everyone fucking dies on the field rather than lose this. Yeah, not the best choice of yeah. words. I, I did try and back out halfway through, but I was committed. You probably Pot committed. Pot committed. I, I uh, applaud your uh, going forward with it. Once you've got your foot in your mouth, you decide, fuck it, I can fit turn. Yeah, I was just Head like, strong. kick long, kick long. <laughs> this better be funny. Uh, speaking of funny, St. Kilda versus Richmond, that'll be funny. Uh, depends. As long as you're not a St. Kilda Richmond fan, it'll be fucking hilarious. Um, guarantee Rewalt will, uh, Nick, that is, will line up for this one. There's no chance. Stadium. There's no chance he's going to miss out on. on nah, Man- no Man- chance. Man- Honestly, it's almost funny that any other week this becomes the emotional centre of football. But with the, yeah, um, with the Port and Adelaide game, it's kind of. I, I don't think. Casting a bit of a shadow on it. I don't think they're going to turn it into a grief dick measuring contest. Yeah. No, but, but, um, but the thing it, is, it'll be a decent game. When too. that's acceptable, I've got heaps of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like normally you see the build up in the papers and everything, and it's all about that one moment, like the the McGrath Foundation test and all that sort of thing. Um, but with this one, you've got two games back to back, both massively emotionally charged. Uh, any other? time they played that would have been the story of the month but um, just because they're back to back it's going to going to kind of take attention off each other which can actually work quite well for the teams involved because it's not uh, so all consuming in the lead up I think it's good that um, it'll actually be two decent games as well the the, the Mm. teams are competing uh, well I mean uh, Saints didn't get over the line but they've had a good year um for their expectations, mm. and the Tigers have been absolutely killing it this year. Um, currently sitting in fifth, uh, I think the Tigers are get over the line still. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking if there's any milestones in the first game <laughs> or anybody, something I can hang my hat on, but um, in, for be- the sake of fairness and going first draw of the year, uh, the third time I've tipped that as well. <laughs> uh, no, no Edwards, no Vickery um, for... Uh, the Tigers is going to make it difficult because well, Ed- Edwards has been important. Look, I think the year. net result of that is we're even. <laughs> yeah, unless Rance is out, I think uh, Richmond are going to get it. All right, um, I think that'll do. That was a rather long wrap-up of round 15, but geez, it was uh, talking that much about a, one of the worst rounds of football I've ever seen. Well, I, yeah. I feel we might have actually had some quality in this episode. Yeah, I think we talked about Hawthorne too much. G- good luck um, editing to try and find that quality. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, guys, that'll do us. We'll see you next Tuesday for the round 16. See you Peace. next Tuesday. <laughs>